Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's a Friday. Jay Binkley in with me today. Josh Klingler, Nathan Williams producing today. 913-586-7610. The Jay's Southland Tow Service text line is open for you. Binkley, good morning. Good morning, Kling. Good morning, Nathan. Um, let's just let's just get to the get to it right out of the shoot. What's your what's your favorite season of beer? Is it Man, you're shooting right with the hard questions. I mean, is it? That's all I can think about yesterday. I'm like, I, I don't know. If, is it? I always thought maybe it's winter for you, but you know, it's a it's a it's a delicate balance between the Oktoberfest blends, which I start you start getting them in July. I mean, they start pushing them out in July. I, I mean, gotta be honest, I could drink Oktoberfest year round myself. I, I could too, but you know, the freshest they start making it in the, yeah. in the spring. Yeah, but yeah. It's ready to go in summer, but typically they've just held it back until now. It's you know, like it's arriving earlier. Okay, I, I, I'm still uh, into the winters into the winters I, i've kind of migrated to spring a little bit like irish ales call signs got a great one um boulevard's got one but i spent a long time on the winter like the winter grind but it's out you can't hardly find any of the winter beers anymore okay i figured it was winter i like how you said well it's Oktoberfest and then it's winter and then the spring so you basically but that, but, <laughs> basically you keep basically you keep you do keep going fall Your favorite and winter, season is the current season yeah well fall and winter fall I, I do like the winter better in the october blends but they're very similar the Oktoberfest really, really similar to the uh, winter. I'm, I'm serious though. I could drink Oktoberfest all well, year round. If it stuff. was, a, if it was a year round beer, I, I, I love them. I've been diving into the uh, Irish a lot. Okay, that works. That works. Because I'm out of the winter beer. Yeah, go, yeah, yeah. It's gone. And I'm not as, uh, not as wintry. Probably winter's probably my least favorite. Really? Yeah. But I like the darks and the stouts. Yeah, and the yeah. I'm not a huge stout person, so I kind of yeah. stay with that. And then. Uh, Hazies are hazies are trouble. I always just hazies are tr- the hazies will get you. That's where it's you getting gotta, an IPA season though. Yes, yes. So it's always IPA season anymore, right? All right. So you heard it a little bit actually from uh, the the Fox Sports Show uh, leading into to us today. Uh, the the Chiefs made an interesting move. Um, apparently, switching out punters. It would seem. Tommy Townsend did did sign apparently with Drew Rosenhaus, and that might scare some people. Like, oh well, he's looking to cash in, poised for a big deal. Uh, he was back on a one year deal last year at 
nearly $2.8 million. And, you know, he was fine, but probably not as consistent as he had been in in recent years. Um, certainly two years ago, he was like net. He was like first in net punting and first in dropping him inside the 20. And I think he had his he had his moments where he probably wasn't as consistent as some other years. Had a had a boomer, obviously, in the in the Super Bowl. Like when you really were pinned back and he needed to hammer one, he seemed to always come through there. There were other times where it was make a little bit shaky, but I think that one just turned into, I think, really to me, much like a cold quit of a few years ago. Uh really good punter. It was at the top of his game, but do you need a good punter all the time with this team? Can that be a spot where you get cheaper? And I think that that's where they went. They went to the young, cheaper route. They swapped out for, for Tommy Townsend. Townsend, again, came back on a one-year deal after an initial cheap kind of rookie deal. Back on a one-year deal that was pretty pricey and maybe is poised to be the highest-paid punter um, in the NFL by somebody else. The Chiefs were also had the highest special team salary in the league last year. Did you know that? Kicker, punter, long snapper. So they have, and they're almost twice what the NFL average was. So I think they were looking, hey, if we can we can take a haircut here, it, it might be worth it at the punter spot. Butker's got one more year, and if he keeps kicking like he's kicking, you probably keep him around at a pretty good rate. I think he, I think he just looked at the, like the budget for that position, like can we get cheaper? That's where, that's where, and then now Bank having the name you have certainly is interesting because it's got a little baggage to it in, in Matt Ariza. Sixth round pick of the Bills in 2022, never played uh, amidst a rape investigation in which charges were eventually dropped against him. A civil suit was also uh, taken out against him and some others, and that has now gone away. He's been acquitted of that. Um, It's a very dicey story in which Ariza 21 had consensual sex it appears with a 17 year old at a party and then later on after he was gone from said party something else happened inside the party um involving this this same i'll call her girl she's 17 right um that was a part of the the lawsuit and his portion seemingly was he wasn't there when this when this all this criminal stuff went down he wasn't there and so he's been out of the nfl since again Sixth-round pick of the 2022 draft. And if you use a a draft pick on a punter, well, you know, somebody thinks he's pretty good, and he was. He was very, very good in college. No, he was, and this makes sense. Tommy Townsend is average right in the middle of the pack. He's right in the 16th, 17th. He had the best season. No, 16th or 17th, and here's the thing. When your defense is this good, you're looking at, okay, well, you know, we can sacrifice a few yards here and there because you got a defense that can do it. Hey, this offense is going to be better. May not need the punter as much because before they really didn't even need the punter. Tommy Townsend was like the uh, that was Mate a luxury. Tag- he was like the Maytag repairman yeah, yeah. his first couple of years with the Chiefs because they didn't really use a punter. But you go the cheap route. Matariza, when when they go this direction, he was he was different than other punters. This kid uh, they called him the Punt God. That was his nickname. I don't know if you knew that claim, mm-hmm, but he mm-hmm. was the Punt God, and he was the Ray Guy winner. He's the best punter in the country. He was also their kicker. He was 45 of 45 on extra points. Did miss some field goals. I think he's 18 or 28, but he has been more consistent in his career. But he can kick. So that's your emergency kicker. And no no, no offense to Justin Reed. Justin Reed's all bent. But Justin Reed's the one most disappointed in this. He and was, probably Tommy Townsend, who might be looking elsewhere, but he may have been anyway. He may have been 
given the the writing on the wall anyway, we're going to try to get younger and cheaper. He but. was actually considered, there were people actually considering the Heisman snub that year. Like he was that good of a punter with all of his 70-yard punts that uh, that they actually considered. There's actually stories written about him that he should have been a um, a Heisman candidate as a punter from San Diego State. I mean, his, his acumen is there. You understand why that he's there and you, I, all the NFL teams are waiting for him to be cleared. He's been cleared. Now he's free and clear to go play. And there's nothing, there's nothing to him. Yeah. There was, there was also, there was also a suit. He was going to file suit against this he person was. for like, basically he was suing for defamation, uh, for defamation and, 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 uh, and ruining his, his NFL yep. career. He since has taken that away. I think probably wisely, like, all right, let's try to get on. The, but I mean, this is going to, this is going to follow him. There's baggage that follows him regardless of how the case turned out. Right. It's got some, and I think that's probably why some NFL teams um, had had stayed away from him. So the Chiefs taking a bit of a a PR chance, I guess, as it were. But um, you know, we've seen Andy Reid over the years as well be kind of a second chance type guy, and not afraid to do those things. You absorb somebody into good good culture, and any potential problems hopefully go kind of one one of those deals. But I think the bottom line is they went out and tried to search for a replacement. At a at a low rate, and he's going to be a low rate, right? Guy coming back into the league that's never played in the league, technically has never played it, punted in the NFL, right? Um, so you get cheaper at that position, and Tommy Townsend's free to go and try to find a, a team that's going to to spend a little more money. Again, the interesting part was, you know, when you're talking about uh, salary caps and allocating resources, well, the Chiefs spent the most on their on their on their special teamers, which you know you don't have to do, especially as you mentioned bank with a top five defense this year. And then an offense that's usually in the, uh, the, the top five, you feel like that, that that was kind of a luxury. And so um, you, you, you pay the kicker, you save a little money on the, uh, the punter uh, Winchester is also a free agent, but he probably, I mean, if you're the, if you're the long snapper of these ch- defending champs, I think you'd probably come back cheap, right? You know, I don't think he's going to break the bank or anything. Uh, you, why, why go elsewhere? There's not many of those jobs and they're not high paying. So he's probably back at kind of the same, uh, the same rate. And uh, you know, you figure out if uh Ariza can hold for you. So that's kind of seemingly the, uh, the, the route they went without waiting for Tommy Townsend to go kind of shop himself. And, and Tommy Townsend, undrafted player. Obviously, there was a lot of buzz for him coming out, and the Chiefs really interested in Tommy Townsend. He mm-hmm. was undrafted. It is interesting, the kicker and punter, if it's going to be Matt Ariza, both draft picks. You don't see that very often where the kicker and punter both draft, because Harrison Bucker was taking the sound. And not by you. Yeah, not by you. <laughs> and Harrison Bucker, this is actually one of the best Brett Veach moves ever done. I mean, this guy is the best kicker. In, you know, no offense to Nick Lowry, but this is the best kicker the Chiefs have ever had with Harrison Bucker. Winchester is actually one of the four players remaining before Mahomes. The predated Mahomes is Winchester, and that can't be slighted, a guy that be able to pinpoint those snaps and, and get him down because there's been some crucial kicks for the Chiefs to uh, to go forward and win with Harrison Butker. That whole battery with Harrison Butker, or with James Winchester, very important uh, for this team. But, yeah, you can sacrifice a little bit when it comes to your your defense playing is good, and who knows? Maybe Matt Arise is the best punter in the NFL. We don't know. Yeah, a lot of teams will probably would have jumped on the occasion now and gotten in line to get him at this point. I Once think every- he he didn't he either work out or something for the Jets. He did or something work out for during the Jets. during this uh, past season, so he's had a little bit of a 
of a sniff from from some teams, but never really latched on. And the Chiefs, yeah, I mean, he would have been in high demand this offseason. Yeah, save a couple million bucks probably too. You know what I mean? Like she could use it elsewhere, right? So I, I, this, this, this feels less performance based to me, more dollars per base. Yes, he did have a down year, and you could probably justify it that way if you were say you were doing the uh, the old baseball uh, uh, arbitration hearing. You'd be like, well, his numbers uh, went down uh, from uh, the season before. He had an okay year. Uh, but can you can you get, I don't want to say an upgrade because I don't know, but can you get the the same production and the potential for more with uh, cost savings? Well, that's what you're always trying to do in, in, on an NFL team. Yeah, people people uh, did like Tommy Towns and the flowing hair, uh, the, uh, the personality and everything else. But uh, I think he was probably poised to try to get a, he got a he got a really nice one year deal this past year, like a really nice one at almost three million. Maybe he goes to closer to four if they're trying to shop him as the highest paid. Um, I, f- I feel like that he was positioning himself to try to go get paid, and it wasn't going to be here because we know where the Chiefs are kind of kind of financially. They have way more pressing needs than paying a punter. And there's way more pressing needs. And the one thing too is it, what it all boils down to is you got the quarterback. That's <laughs> the the one guy that can't leave. That is the one guy. And you ever look at the Patriots and the dynasty they had, it was Tom Brady and all the other parts moved around him. From Hey, Patrick's, Patrick said he wants to punt too, remember? So, you know. Patrick can punt. You said you got the guy. Maybe just, you know. Yeah, they have the guy, but you, they, you, you know, get You get uh, quick punts from, uh, from Mahomes now. There you go. But there's a lot of guys to pick in this team. There's a lot of contracts coming up on this team, and hey, maybe you want to bring Drew Tranquil back. You're going to save probably $12 million on MVS this year. Here's uh, maybe a million and a half to $2 million more for uh, – your punter situation, Mahomes can restructure his contract. That could free up, you know, high 20s to $30 million with the contract restructure. Chiefs are already decently under the cap now. They're not strapped against it like they have been in the past. So there's some wiggle room for the Chiefs, and this is just one of those areas they could trim. It's back, and the kids are getting paid. A little. We'll get to that next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I uh, continue to fail bank at one of my New Year's resolutions every year, which is to uh, to game more, to play more video games. <laughs> every year I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play more video games this year. I'm going to like hang out in the afternoon and play some games. 
And, and I never, it never, it never comes to uh, fruition. But you're probably getting um, closer to it, though. Yeah, hopefully, 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 one day I'll be able to retire and play video games. <laughs> um, but uh, college football is coming back on yep. EA Sports this year, and everybody's pretty excited about that. The uh, game that that went away for a long time and had the uh, the lawsuit because. Uh, the players weren't getting anything with the Ed O'Bannon lawsuit. Remember the former UCLA basketball player that, that sued and uh, they weren't getting their, their likeness uh, paid for, which was, uh, which was fair. I think worth the fight, right? I don't know if it ultimately ended up being worth the fight for, for Ed O'Bannon, but you know, you always played the, the games and you played the college games. And you know, if you were in that era, you're like, well, that's me. Why are you, why are you pretending that's, you know, number whatever from UCLA. That's 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 me right there. You're using my stats, my height, my likeness to a certain extent. Like, yeah, give me a little something, something. So now they've worked it out. Uh, college football players, every every uh, FBS team is in for this year's edition. All the schools are in, and then players are going to have the ability to opt into the video game. Okay, they have to opt in, and the weird part is. <laughs> now, if 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 you would back in our day, right? If we were put in a video game, we'd been ecstatic, right? Hundred percent. Like that would have been that would have been the dream. You who hasn't created themselves on a on a yeah. on a sports video game, right? They're gonna get a copy of the game and six hundred dollars if they opt in. Which I do believe, Nathan. Correct me if I'm wrong here. With your legal advice. Nathan's an attorney. It's $400, right? You have to report it. Self-made income. So it'd be, this would have to be This will have some tax on it. I was thinking it was, it might be a little more than 400, but I think 600 is over the the threshold for sure. 600 is not legal advice. And then the. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's good. He just dropped his disclaimer on you. It's still better. It's still better than my advice here. But. If you're getting other NIL money, yeah. and then 600 on top of that, you're, you're, you're still, still paying, probably paying taxes before anyway. But 134 yeah. teams, over 11,000 players. 11,000 players have the opportunity to opt in. If you don't opt in, basically they're going to do like the old school uh, Tecmo where uh, it's QB1 <laughs> or whatever. But if you opt in and they've, they've, they've updated their, their Twitter feed anyway on, on EA for every player that has opted in, and so... I know uh, the the kid at Colorado, uh, Travis Hunter, opted in because they they tweeted that out like Travis Hunter's in, and so I think his kids were opting in yesterday. They were they were putting that on the on the on the Twitter feed. Uh, but one, it's really really cool. It, yes, they should get something because this is a video game that sells really well. Uh, but six hundred bucks and a free copy of the game feels <laughs> feels a little light. But you know. You're still getting to be a part of a video game, which I think is, you know, who who hasn't wanted to be that? Well, Joe Pompliano on Twitter, who covers like the business side of things, says this will be six point six million. So the eleven thousand versus six hundred dollars a piece is six point six million. Okay. For nil deals for this game that doesn't include marketing, promotion, and stuff like this. So some of these players will get extra money because they'll be advertising for the game, so they'll they'll pay some of these players extra. Oh, money. I gotcha, I gotcha. Like some of these guys will get extra money. The game. Was doing eighty million, eighty million in annual sales. Okay. So it's six point six million to pay the players. They were making about eighty million dollars, but, but you have the technology involved. You have the work. You have the software. Yep. You everything that goes into building a a video game. There's costs associated with and that. Six hundred so. per year. Like if you're in there as a freshman, you're in there for six hundred, twelve hundred, forty, eighteen hundred. You opt in, in if you've opted in now. You have the right to opt out 
at any point in time. So you wouldn't be like, if you didn't want to be on next year's game, you could then opt out, but otherwise you're in and they'll, they'll, they'll have you in. The other interesting part is they haven't been able to, because the, the timeline kind of got short this year, they're not able to like do what they want to do, which is basically take graph your body. You know what I mean? Like do, all, time to do, do all the do all the stuff to make it actually you. So it could look a little bit like a, a bobblehead. <laughs> you know where the bobbleheads never look like the person that's being bobbled. Uh, so maybe they're going to try to use you know kind of other technology to make them look uh, similar to their to their actual likeness. But it'd be pretty hard to do with eleven thousand people. So I'm sure there's going to be some generic looking like that. Kids like that doesn't even look like me. Um, they also say Army, Navy, and Air Force players are expected to be in the game. Although they can't accept, they cannot accept no money. Yeah, yeah. So those will all be generic, or there's not. According to this Fox story, it says Army, Navy, and Air Force players are expected to be included in the game, even though they aren't allowed. So probably in the game if they opted. Why not? It's kind of can they hold that for you in like escrow? I don't know when you're done at Army. Get an extra six hundred bucks when you're done. I I I will say this: I'm glad this game's coming back. But to be honest with you. I mean, I love this game. It's one of my favorite all-time games. I used to play the 04 version all the time. It's my favorite game. I, I've been like four. The, okay. I even liked it better than Madden and everything else because yeah, I like yeah. to you know run the wishbone and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just enjoyed I it. I, Iowa State ran the triple option then. Yeah, um, yeah. Could, I used to run that a lot. Play. Strangely enough, with Iowa State, so. you could use whatever playbook you want. Yeah. And the one thing about it is, I'd go by 05 and 06, but I always take them back because I like the 04 better. Yeah, you always found a version you liked better. Yeah, I get well, it. But once you play a season, all of a sudden the guys would migrate to the NFL or whatever, and all of a sudden you had guys that don't even aren't even out there anymore because you had to go recruit new players. Which so, is why you bought the new version of the game. So if you right? went yeah. two and three years into it to a dynasty, you had everybody knew anyway. So it didn't matter that you had certain stars on your football team. It didn't matter. You were Marvin Harrison Jr. We're going to have him for more than one year on the game, if even that. So, boom, you got somebody else. So, you always had to get different players. So, it didn't really matter to me anyway if the name, image, and likeness from the players because they were made up players yeah. anyway by the time the next year rolled around. And I don't know. I'm a, I'm a grown adult now. But if you just told me I'm going to put you in a video game, I wouldn't expect 600 bucks. That's just me. I'd be like, that's cool. <laughs> and I'd be like, whatever. I know that they're making money off you and you should you know, always, you know, uh, make sure that, you know, you're getting properly compensated. But if they're like, if they came to me now and they're like, yeah, we're going to put you in this video game. I'm like, yeah, sure. Sounds great. Can I just have a copy of it? Yeah. Okay. Good enough for me. I wouldn't need the 600 bucks, <laughs> but I'm glad they're getting paid. Um, look good. Play good is always the the mantra, right, of, of athletes. But if you don't feel good, do you then not play good? I don't know. Major League players, I'm interested to see what's going to go down with this because they're, they're clearly not happy with these new uniforms. I think we'll get a better visual as the uh, – Spring training games get underway. Uh, Royals in action, actually, this afternoon, right here on 610 Sports Radio, 2 o'clock. First one. Uh, against the uh, the Rangers. So when you start seeing more, like, highlights, and and get, I know there was one game yesterday, but um, more of these uh, these new uniforms, maybe we'll see that, that they are kind of junk. The strange part of this whole thing is that these things have been tested by the players for several years. Like, they're wearing them in all-star games. They were... Uh, they were wearing some version of these uniforms. They said after teams were eliminated from the postseason, some of them like decided they were going to wear these and they got like really good reviews. And now all of a sudden the pants are see-through, which that would be a problem, right? No one needs to see that. Um, so if the pants are see-through and 
The lettering looks kind of cheesy. They might have to figure something out. I can't believe this is such a big deal for uh, for the players. But if if you don't if you don't feel right, I guess you you get a little cranky. There's a lot of players that do like it though, like name stars. Leonardo Leonardo said he liked it too. They're breathable. They're highly breathable. But Nike designed them, and I think Fanatics made them. But there's mm-hmm. all sorts of uh, images on Twitter of the the see. The see-through. Obviously, the pictures are being taken on spring training. You see the the shirt when it's tucked in. You can see the shirt. Yeah. And you can see uh, other things. We put it this way. There was uh, other things being shown by some of these players. Kling. I don't know if you saw some of those images, but uh, there was uh, mm, well, especially if you start sweating. Twigginberries. If you start sweating. Yeah, there was twigginberry shots. I mean, shots from you're going to sweat if, if you're running around, right? What do those pants look like? So I guess, yeah, they do need to to iron that part out also brings up a valid point that you had bank, which is why, why do you don't remember your, t- you don't remember your take do you? Huh? You don't remember your take. Why change a good thing? No, no, no. Why? Why managers are wearing uniforms? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which I totally agree with you. No, no, it's, it's one of the most silly things in sports. And, and we've seen a lot of managers now go without the, you know, the, the top. top. They'll yeah, go yeah, put yeah. just a jacket on or something yeah. like that, which is funny sometimes when it's like, you know, 95 degrees out, and the, and the manager's wearing, you know, a coat Yeah, yeah. out there. Man, all those uh, dugouts are air-conditioned somewhat. They have it you know, blowing. You still think you're going to be hot, yeah. But but seeing managers in uniforms, that's always funny when you think about it, right? What would Andy Reid look like, you know, in a Chiefs uniform? Or how silly would that look in the NBA if, now, you know, the, now the coaches are wearing it seems the they're wearing a little bit, like, freer pant. You know, like the managers are wearing a, you know, they're it's not, still the same thing, though. but it's, it's, it's still a uniform and it, it is weird. And obviously they're not wearing, you know, spikes. They're wearing, you know, flat shoes. Uh, but it, it has always looked weird other than what are you going to wear then? See, that would, I would love if it took it off your plate. If you're a manager, you're like, oh, what am I going to wear? And you know what you're going to wear because it is a uniform. So I do like that portion of it. But, you know, can you go a little more like coaching casual? Like we see some of the, uh, like college basketball coaches go with now, um, Instead of wearing the baseball uniform, it is it is weird. So why do you have to wear the uniform? It's it is strange. It's not, basketball doesn't do it. Football doesn't do it. Only baseball does it. Hockey, you don't do it. Nope. Nobody does it. But baseball, I know it's tradition. Or but whatever. I'd rather wear that than like a suit. Oh yeah, you can't even wear a suit down there. I, I think that one of the one of the best things happened to COVID is like most of the college basketball coaches dumped the suit. I'd be like thumbs up. I've dumped the suit on television. I'm like I'm not wearing the suit anymore. Um, <laughs> the one thing you can do is like the NFL. You know, you get the dockers type thing on or there's docker shorts something like that or you know something more comfortable than, than sitting there wearing the you know you want to wear shorts <laughs> even yeah why not wear the shorts I mean, that'd be awesome does it matter managers don't go out there as much anymore now that the, you can replay you know yes they do sometimes but it's not as much as it used to be but to see the managers wear the uniform has always been kind of it is weird kind of funny and now with these uniforms they don't like oh you want to make it even think more. a manager's gonna be all self-conscious about you know yeah you think a manager really wants showing, those things seen? Showing the goods? Because you know that's going to be all over anywhere. Oh, yeah. When somebody's out there oh, arguing yeah. and you got yeah. uh, things shown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's usually a quality you revere in a, in a manager, though, is if they have stones. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I see that our skipper's got stones. Yeah. So uh, so we'll see if it gets uh, fixed before or you'll have some player that's just protesting and he comes out in his own pants and they're like totally different colors like i'm just wearing my old pants do something about it i just don't understand how something so popular and so much money involved in the sport did not 
consult more with the players as far as... It seems as, like they did. Look at these stories. They went back like several years to yeah, be but, doing this. But there's a lot of players complaining about yeah. it. I mean, there, there's boy, way too many. And Manfred's kind of like, well, they'll, they'll start to like them eventually and stuff like I that. Know. I don't know, man. Uh, the Chiefs have been going heavy defense in the draft, but this year may be a little different. We'll discuss next. All right, the, uh, the text line has spawned into uh, back in Kling and Big's day, which is pretty great. 913-586-7610. Uh, back in your day, the 600 bucks paid for your room and board for the month, rent, utilities, and food. You're not far off. And a little Thursday drinking money. But you get the game free. That's pretty pretty yeah, big. Yeah. yeah. Somebody says, I'll take your $600. Okay, great. I would have I just done I'd Just give me the game. That'd be cool. I'm in the game and you're giving it to me? Cool. Um, back in our day, bank, the quarterback of the wishbone offense got all the girls. Yeah, I would agree. Probably the, uh, the wishbone offense, uh, back in the, uh, the Oklahoma, Nebraska rivalry days, right? But Colorado the Chiefs ran a, real, could do it. a little bit of that. And then some of you were talking about, uh, coaches in uniform. Can you yeah. imagine Dan Campbell? Someone asks from the eight one six. Yeah. Dan Campbell lining up every game with. I paint on in a Lions uniform, standing over there with the headset on would be pretty great. Andy Reid would look like the punt, pass, and kick Andy Reid. Yeah, he'd look like Andy Ryad. Yeah. <laughs> Back in Klingon Big Stay, they played the original NCAA football on Atari. One joystick and a button. Yeah. It was great. And Go back those, to Pong. Made those Pong noises, yeah. Pong was my first video game yeah. system. Uh, I think my first football video game, it was where everybody moved together. You know, it... it it uh, you could move diagonally and that was it. Mine was Tecmo Bowl, uh, I think. I think there was a there was an Atari there. I think there was an Atari football game. It was terrible. Um, I remember Atari basketball. You remember Atari basketball, yeah. right? It was literally the basket was um, uh, a stick and then one line that came out from it, and the ball was a square. <laughs> you were those handheld ones and that it you was, played, and it was it was at the time it was one on one, right? One on one basketball, and it was just just the most basic of graphics and the ball was like and it had like three three sounds and like uh one diagonal line everything else were were all straight line images it was pretty pretty bad and i remember the handheld ones used to get i forgot the the brand yeah, of, i don't know yeah. if you ever had the football like oh the yeah the mattel ones move side by I side got those. yeah yeah i remember there even, was they were dots yeah the stratomatic yeah. games and then the the uh what's the the Electronic football? Uh-huh. Never we would, worked. We'd yeah. set the people up and, and turn the thing spin, on. They'd, they'd spin around. Yeah. Make you score Terrible. in your own end zone yeah, or whatever. They, they spun around, never yeah. did anything. Took you four hours to set up one play. Yeah. Big don't try board. A, don't try a pass because it never worked. Then your board would get bent or whatever. <laughs> and they. <laughs> I've told a story before, but I still have most of my video game systems. I yeah. still own them. And uh, they're, they're still mostly all hooked up. And so one day, yeah, I got out the Atari. I'm like, kids, check this out back in the day. And. Put on like that Atari basketball, which is just awful. It just, it really is. And my son's my one of his best lines ever is like, "Back in your day, sucked." I thought that thanks, thanks a lot. They were not impressed by the uh, by the Atari system. Look how far your video games have come. Look how crappy this one was. Check it out. So we okay. had we'll play some steel. Want to play some Breakout? You want to play Breakout? No, Dad, we don't. It sucks. Blades of it's Steel. Still, it's still hooked up. Blades of Steel. I that was classic. I used to. I used to. I had Blades of Steel injuries. I should. Probably sue Blades of Steel for six hundred dollars. My thumb used to pop out playing playing too much. I would tape my thumb up so we could play. One of my biggest thumb problems injuries. ever was a fight over Tecmo Bowl. 
Because there was a secret play you could run in there that you just couldn't stop. Usually if you guessed it, it would stop it. Mm-hmm, it was the mm-hmm. 49ers. Mm-hmm. And it was one play. It was like a little crossing pattern. You couldn't stop Rice? Couldn't stop it. No? No, you just couldn't stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we had we had a lot of... But you always had to go one way, too. If you were, drew the you know short end of the stick, you'd be going... Tecmo you know, caused a lot right of... Right to left a lot instead of, of left to right. A lot of fights in the day. Yeah, but going right to left yeah. much different because it didn't ever flipped. You were yeah. just right to left the whole time. You could never run that end around unless... Unless you had the exact wrong defense run against you, mm-hmm. or else it was it was you're four plays crushed. you had to choose from. You were getting crushed. Four plays, yeah. We could have been offensive coordinators back in that day. It only had four plays. All right, the uh, the the Chiefs have been going heavy on defense, obviously in the the last few drafts. Bank and it's paid off, right? You got a top five defense. You got some great young young uh, players and McDuffie and Karloftis specifically, but. I want to ask you, our, our draft guru, and of course, you can check out the uh, Character Concerns podcast that airs every single week, uh, 610sports.com and the Odyssey app, you and Chris Unocero. Um, could this year's draft strategy lean more offense after spending a lot of resources on defense in the last few years? I think so. I think part of the impetus was to, uh, we've seen, you know, Brett Veach had to rebuild things at times. Obviously, the offensive line was a big uh, focus after what happened in the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers. And they did. You know, they did a serviceable offensive line at the time. But it's been all defense. Seven out of ten picks two years ago. Five rookies played. They call them the Fab Five in that Super Bowl against the Eagles. Five rookie defensive backs. That's why when Brett Veach was talking about the rebuilding and everything, like that last year, look, this is a rebuild and we got a trophy. It was the third one in the organization's history this year. They had the fourth, of course, but... So they, no one knew we were rebuilding, but they were because everybody was talking about Mahomes and the salary he made this year and was the most uh, for a capped quarterback. The first time ever. you were getting kind of gut punched with salary. Well, the year before, yeah. he actually was the highest quarterback ever to win. This time, he was the highest cap hit for a player in the National Football League. So he's actually done it two years. They made a big deal of it this year, but it's actually been two years. But, yeah, you have to do that and get Pacheco on offense. Uh, your leading rusher, a seventh-round pick. But they made it the impetus. And then last year during the draft here in Kansas City, it was just Friday night. Friday night was the only night they went offense. Because I remember it was me and Nick and Chris. It was our character concerns. We did it uh, from center block. And I remember sitting there that Friday night of the draft saying, all right, this has got to be offense. This has got to be (laughs) offense. And it was. They had one dart to throw at a wide receiver that they chose. And they wanted Rasheed Rice. And that dart ended up being 100% right. And then it was Wanya Morris. So that was the only offensive night of the draft. Five of the seven picks were on defense. So when you do that and you go that defense heavy, best thing you can hope for is having a great defense because then it's uh, the fruits of your labor. Hey, this panned out. We have a great young defense. People are paying attention to it. But they did, and they were able to overhaul it and fix it and flip it. And you got total trust now in the organization from Brett Veach to Dave Merritt to Steve Spagnuolo and all the guys that help out, you know, watching film and evaluating talent at the Combine. And, and picking the right guys, and I do believe that the, that they give each advice on it, not, not only the scouts, but I think some of the coaches do as well because they bring those guys in and they work them out on their top 30 visits and they pick which guys you want to do. But this year I think is going to be offense. And I think this is uh, you know going up to Andy Reid's office saying, all right, because you know at some point he's going, all right, we need some weapons. We need some weapons here. And I remember uh, Brett Veach when he first took over, back when we did the day shift with Henry and I, we had uh, Veach on, right, when he first took over. And we were interviewing him, and it was about, okay, because they already at that point, it was Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, he already had weapons here. 
Kareem Hunt. He was he had he had a, a unit here that he could trust going forward. So it was about building other parts of the team. But mm-hmm. it was always in the back of his mind, you know, to keep refueling the animal, which keep is putting, good. Which is keep, good. Keep putting gas in the Ferrari. You don't need to leave. You don't. And, and I don't think they ignored it this year, Bank. It just didn't work. It, it just didn't work you out. I mean, and they proved they. When you have a quarterback this good, you win with receivers. They just didn't do the job. I mean, led the NFL in drops. I mean, it's, <laughs> this was a really impressive. If you sit back and look at the year the Chiefs had, they were like ninth in passing or ninth in total offense, like sixth in passing. They were fourth in passing, even with bad receivers. Mahomes is still getting the job done. Imagine what they could do and the pressure they could put on defense with guys that could catch the football and keep the chains moving. Because they, they won despite deficiencies on their offense. I know people look at it now and say, well, the Chiefs don't have good receivers, and yet they still have two super. 100% true. But if you want to keep it up and keep going. They I know. They know. To me, the MO on this team is offense and the pressure they put on defenses. It's what, who and what they are. When you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, that's what you got to take advantage of. And even and I bring up the uh, example all the time. Like Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harris. And you ask them, hey, were you a byproduct of Peyton Manning? I doubt they would agree with that. Because one's in the Hall of Fame, and the other one's about to go in the Hall of Fame in Reggie Wayne. Marvin Harrison's already there. But then you had Brandon Stokely. It's still, still the only team to have three receivers with 1,000 yards because Stokely, Harrison, and Reggie Wayne did it back in like 2004 is the only guys ever to do it. But, yeah, you take a guy like Brandon Stokely. So Peyton Manning would take a guy like that. I mean, Mahomes could take a guy like Brandon Stokely and make him a star. But it's okay. He still had his Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison. Yeah, I mean, no, there's nothing yeah, there's wrong no, with there's having no Jerry reason Rice. not to do that. Yeah, You can have John Taylor, Jerry, but it, you have to have it. Du- Dan Marino made his career on Duper and Clayton. I mean, you have to do these. There's nothing wrong with having dynamic receivers. It makes the offense better and more efficient. So I have no problem making Mahomes' life easier as you go. He's proven he could do it the hard way. He's proven he could do it when he stepped back a little bit. All right, let's build this defense up. Now it's time to supply him with the weapons. And that's got to be the scariest thing for other NFL teams. You're thinking, all right, Rasheed Rice really started developing the zone. Rasheed Rice was number two in the NFL in catches and yards from rookie wide receivers. Now he's still behind Laporta and stuff like that, but number two in receptions and yards. That's impressive. That means uh, Addison, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, all these rookie receivers, he was better. The only receiver he was behind, the only one in catches and yards was Puka. Yeah, no one saw that coming. And I'm not giving him credit because the Rams passed on him five times. They actually passed on him seven times before they drafted him. Do you realize Puka was their fourth, fifth-round selection? Wow. So the Rams had four fifth-round selections. Good pick. And Puka was the last of the fifth-round selections. So, yes, you do get lucky from time to time. On I'm surprised the Chiefs were in on that either, to be honest with you, because of BYU. Would have been nice. That, that connection there. But um, anyway, they threw a dart. And this year, when they concentrate, because we know what they can do with defensive backs. They say, all right, we're going to go out and draft some defensive backs because that was a high priority two years ago. And they, they did it right. They get the right guys. And Nazi Johnson would have been a big part of this team had he not hurt himself in training camp. But if they go in with the idea, hey, let's get receivers, look at what they did with Rasheed Rice. Now, you put him down at Camp Pat. Hey, Pat, go work out this guy's. You know, go work out Xavier Worthy and A.D. Mitchell and see what we got. Why not? It's a system that works. Patrick works out with them, see if it works. But uh, I do think in Detroit, uh, it'll be wide receiver time for this team. It's blatantly clear why Nick Saban is out, uh, but can he really help? We'll discuss next. Back in on a Friday, Jay Bakley joining me today. Josh Klingler, Nathan Williams producing. Fesco will be back on Monday. Uh, but but this has been a staple of our show, Bank, and even 
Uh, you know, every once in a while we need we need to break in with with breaking news, correct? Yeah, so it's time for the latest on Tay Tay and El Travador. Travis Kelsey's had a lot of big catches in his career. <laughs> this would be the biggest. This from page six, just two minutes ago. Taylor Swift passionately kisses Travis Kelsey after first Sydney Era's tour concert. So things are going well for Travis Down Under. That according to page six, which is going to keep you up to date on all the latest. <laughs> Who runs page six Travis now? and uh, New York Post. Post. New York okay, Post, sure. yes. They had pictures of the two going to uh, to visit a zoo in uh, in Australia. And uh, and now the uh, passionate kiss after the uh, the concert uh, down in Australia. So congratulations. There's your latest update from El Travador and Tay-Tay, as we like to call them here on the show. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. The uh, the following around that's happening <laughs> that's happening now. Yeah, I remember the, what's funny tabloid. is I, I remembered the uh, a lot of pictures on Twitter, some people that I had followed on there, and uh, the Northland, the Riverside one, it was during the playoffs. Is that Miami game or whatever? Mm-hmm. Pictures of people I knew with Donna at Corner Cafe. Uh-huh. I, it's, uh-huh. right, you know, it's been one of my favorite breakfast spots for years, but they're I guess they were down there having breakfast. At some point, at least Donna was, and maybe Ed. It was interesting seeing you know pictures of them at Corner Cafe, but it's 100% where they were at uh, during that Miami game. Oh. Travis doesn't make them breakfast. They got to get them, go get something to eat. Probably not up that early. <laughs> parents parents like to get up and venture out and go Seems have breakfast. Good place. Yeah, great so, place. That happens. All right, uh, your your buddy Nick Saban is done done with coaching now, right? Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's now with ESPN. Uh, you tell me what his next job is going to be. Cause I don't think this, this next job, which is the ESPN analyst, whatever. I think he aspires to do more. Like maybe, I don't know. We've always pined for a commissioner bank. Could he be a college football commissioner? If we were to, uh, to, to break off college football and have it be its own thing, would he be a, uh, would he be commission material? He should be, but they respect him. But I'm kind of curious. I don't you know he's broadcasting on college game day now, but you know he has like six Mercedes dealerships too. I mean, he's got the whole business side too. So how much interest would he have in something like this? Or could guys kind of talk him into it and push him into doing it? But if there was going to be a commissioner, it should be him. So he spoke with ESPN, his new employer. Good get by them. Uh, he He's adamant though that NIL didn't drive him out, mm-hmm. but it did not have any effect on my decision, but I will be dedicated to college football and the future of college football and trying to make um, that sport uh, as well as other sports in collegiate athletics, whether they're revenue producing or not, because I think they all create opportunities for lots of people. Um, I'm, 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 I'm going to be um, an advocate for trying to make the game the as good as it can be. Hmm. What will they ask him to do? Will they ask him to do it? Will he just go on ESPN and complain about the state of the game? <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. Um, he also wanted to say, Bink, if my voice can bring about some meaningful change, I want to help in any way I can because I love the players and I love college football. What we have now is not college football, not college football as we know it. You hear somebody use the word student athlete. That doesn't exist. End quote. It depends on what direction they want to go with it, or do they want to get somebody that's really 
really embraces what's going on, embraces nil, that direction going forward. I mean, Nick Saban would be great, but on one hand, would it kind of bring it back to where they've already they've already opened Pandora's box? Correct. They've already had it. Is, want he, it. is he progressive enough to push it forward? Yeah, do you want to push it back and him think, yeah, we need to bring back this nil thing? I mean, because you've already gone and done that. And you can't put it back in the box now. Once you open, we all knew it. Once you opened it, you're not going back. You're never going back. Would he be it? What they want? What the networks want? What college football wants? Who knows? Uh, you know that there's a lot of old school coaches that would absolutely 100% like this. I, I personally, I would like it. I would like to not. Well, have you're to, an old school coach. I would like that to, to figure out not where everybody's going to be every time that uh, June rolls around. Would have to go get the, do the tradition of going out and getting the uh, preseason magazines. Yes, I still do that. But the transfer portal was well, just gone crazy where teams can literally get good overnight. It's never going back that way. I've accepted that. But I don't know if Saban would be 100% pushing the new rules. That's what I wonder. Is he going to be grouchy coach that says, back in our day, this, it was much better? Yes, we can all acknowledge the, the football portion of it was better. But it was. I, I maintain the stance, Bank, that you had years and years and years to do something about this and make it more equitable and cut the players in and do all those things. And everybody at the college sports level just raked in the money and claimed that, well, we're giving you scholarships. That's good enough. Well, this is, this is a little bit of the payback. I think it's skewed the other way for now. And at some point it'll rain back in. And also the, the economics will be rained back in because I'm curious to see if this is a long-term viable way to go about it. Are these great investments for all these businesses that are jumping on board with players? Yeah, we'll see. That may be reined in at some point. Um, I think it was fun to jump on board right away for a lot of businesses. Hey, let's get on board. I don't know that that's a sustainable model necessarily. So it may, it may come back a little bit. You're going to have the tax implications. We haven't even heard the horror stories yet of, of yeah, a, I'm waiting for that. Of a player that uh, took all this money and uh, now has to pay taxes or, the portal. or didn't fulfill the obligations of taking that money with said quote-unquote advertiser or what have you. We haven't had all those things yet. And then the the, the, the portal has been uh, quite crazy. I, I think at some point that'll probably calm down as well. I don't know, but we're never going to get back to probably what Saban felt like was the best era of college football. That's gone. So, yeah, I do wonder whether or not he could fit that that mold. If you wanted just a straight football commissioner, football, the football portion of it, yeah, I think Saban might be the guy. If you're talking about a, a, a football slash CEO, uh, he might not be the guy for that. You want to split up kind of like what the Chiefs did with Veach. Carl Payson did everything from the marketing and the football side, right? But the Chiefs split it up. Veach, you do football. Mark Donovan, you do the business side of things. It is. I'm with you though. I'm waiting for those thirty for thirties. What happens to the guy who got the uh, the Porsche, hit the transfer portal, kind of damaged the car, and all of a sudden dealerships like, hey, you're not playing for state anymore. We will, okay, this is part of the fine print. We need payment. Yeah, yeah, to yeah, fix yeah, this yeah, car. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. haven't seen that. Or if you agreed to an advertiser a certain time, and you're down in Austin, Texas, and boom, you transfer to Tuscaloosa to the University of Alabama. Are they going to come back and say, hey, our deal's done? Like, we haven't seen that. And then, of course, the IRS. There's a whole division, probably the IRS, that needs to be set up to track some of the money. And I'm surprised we haven't gotten the place. I'm surprised we haven't gotten some of that now. I mean, because it is, especially like in Miami, that's giving guys, you know, $25,000, $30,000, you know, some of their guys, especially the offensive linemen and stuff. You paying taxes on that? Yeah, I think, I think, I almost say most, but I've, I've 
talk to people at a handful of schools or people with kids that are in are, that are getting money, getting NIL money. And it seems that that a lot of the schools have set up education to be able to do those things and and putting people in touch with tax tax people to be able to 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 shelter some of that money and save it and blah 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 but there's going to be other ones that that haven't or or neglected to hear that information you mentioned you know johnny wrecks the porsche <laughs> and then trans and then transfers and they wouldn't to, have cared if you then, were still staying yeah, in play. Yeah. and then has to has to fix said porsche when he's gone or 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 transfers doesn't tell them he's leaving and the porsche is in another state you know, <laughs> you know some, lawsuits are probably spawned so by we, we haven't had that flip around yet, but I am waiting to see. 610 Sports Radio, KCSP, Kansas City, WDAF, HD2 Liberty, and Odyssey Station. So, but I think we're in the we're in the uh, the the correction phase here shortly. Where it now it's hey, you didn't do your you didn't do your due diligence in getting the system in place. So now it's the player system. You're gonna have to live with it for a while. Uh, now it it could swing back to have a little more kind of regulatory feel or or at least some better parameters to to uh to kind of corral what's 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 going on it's even her i mean jim nagy puts on the senior bowl Mm -hmm. he's like in charge of you know going out and getting the guys he's even talking about the draft this year like between the fifth and the seventh round like having the depth a lot of guys are staying in now that's one thing i think that uh, the nfl that actually benefited them with nil is guys aren't jumping to the nfl too early like, we've seen that plenty of times where guys jump to the NFL maybe a year too early and they should have just stayed in school. But a lot of them are staying now. Yeah. They're staying, especially the quarterbacks, because they're, you know, like Will Howard, they're going out and getting that cash at the end instead of jumping to the NFL and being a seventh-round pick or undrafted and just, you know, getting on a roster as a third-string quarterback. They're staying. So the quality of football is actually getting better with more guys staying in school or staying put. And we saw more guys playing bowl games than before because they've got some bill, like Pop-Tart. Hey, we'll pay you to play in this. Game that happens that helps and it helps the NFL product because guys are staying longer in school. Like that part's been good. Uh, the guys aren't making that jump because they realize, hey, they can stay and make some money, you know, here on campus, you know, playing games or driving that free car or whatever before you get to the NFL and then have to worry about your paycheck if you're going to make the football team or not. Because you know you're on the team, yeah, and you're, you're getting paycheck. So it has helped in some respects for the college game as far as football. There is a lot of drawbacks, like we said, but there are some positives with it. When we brought up the the, the stat earlier this week, it's uh, half half of the number of early entries into the draft this year than it have been in previous years. So we're seeing that as well. Guys guys opting to stay. They're more ready to, to uh, go to the to, NFL. To, uh, yeah, they're more ready, hopefully, when they go to the NFL, but also staying because they can be financially taken care of and don't have to worry about skipping out early to, and, and to, to make year, some money. And that extra year started to pay. We've seen guys six, seven years. We got seven year guys. Quarterback both that one Oklahoma nine, State. Wasn't seven, that that nine year dude? University of Miami's got a nine year <laughs> nine crazy. year player. So that's they, a little weird. But everybody's the, the the year should be about done between the free year everybody got for COVID. I mean, we're still seeing some side effects that with injuries and people redshirting. That extra year really screwed things up with COVID. It didn't it didn't hurt the student athletes. I mean, they loved it, but it you need a roadmap sometimes to figure out eligibility yeah. with some of these guys. They'll get there, I think. I think. Um, this was interesting coming out of Chicago yesterday. It's not just uh, Kansas City that says they need more. Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner of the Chicago White Sox, is asking taxpayers there for a billion dollars for a new stadium. Hmm. Chicago will be at risk of losing his team if the government doesn't pay up. <laughs> we haven't had those threats here in Kansas City, but 
There are some differences in the White Sox message and the Royals message. But Jerry Reinsdorf wants a billion dollars for the state from the state of Illinois for a new stadium. Our stadium will inject life and money into the area. We want to own the real estate around our stadium. Similar to what we heard, at least initially in the Royals plan that has now since changed. But everybody brings up the battery in Atlanta. And it's a ballpark with tons of development around it. Not probably dissimilar to maybe what the Patriots did a number of years with Patriot Place. But having a ballpark with development around it, the Royals plan has since changed and become we're joining an established development. So that's that's changed a little bit. Um, but also they're throwing in the threat of we might have to move if there's a better offer elsewhere. Reinsdorf claims the new stadium would anchor a property that would generate a projected $4 billion in economic impact and $200 million in tax revenue. At the end of the day, the benefit to the city and the state are going to outweigh the cost. Reinsdorf says, this is not just a ballpark. This is a development of which the ballpark is the anchor. Little the problem though in Chicago, the Bears are also asking for stuff. So they've got they've got a double stadium thing going on. But Reinsdorf, unlike the unlike the the Royal side of things, is actually floating out the possibility of, well, if they can't stay, we might not be able to sustain things here. Even a big market team like the Chicago White Sox is claiming we gotta do more things to generate revenue to keep up with the whoever the Joneses are in baseball. I found it I found it very interesting, Bank, that Chicago is using the same thing, except for Jerry Reinsdorf is saying, you also got to prepare for my my end of life, (laughs) (laughs) which he says he wants to ensure that this team stays in Chicago beyond when he's gone. He thinks the best way to do that would be to build a stadium and uh, and keep them there versus if he dies, maybe the team is uh, whisked away to to somewhere else. It's an interesting way to try to pitch things. I'm not sure it's going to work uh, in Chicago or not. And they're asking for more money than is being asked for here. But I do find it funny that they're also they're also crying. Hey man, we can't generate enough. Salt Lake City and stuff like that. And that's the one. That's the one bingo uh, card play he didn't do. Kind of did though. Oh, you think? I think so. But maybe moving or something. But I would have used those cities as an example. He said, "When I'm gone." His son, Michael Reinsdorf, president of the Bulls, which the family also owns, of course, quote, will have an obligation to do what's best for other investors of the White Sox. Quote, that means likely putting the team up for sale. The team will be worth more out of town. So he's also throwing the threat of, man, when I die, I can't guarantee you this thing's going to be here unless we do some investing. It's an interesting approach and certainly way beyond what the the Royals, because the Royals made no threats of, of ever you know, those could those could be thrown out if you if you're believing that anything is possible. But the Royals never countered that. But the, the ballpark, Royals are spinning with Major League Baseball, but, though, as far but as the expansion. Ball, yeah, and and Nashville is barking, man, barking. There's a there's a group in place. Salt Lake. There's, I mean, they're Nashville would would welcome the. I'm surprised they're not chasing Oakland at this point in time, with that kind of teetering nonsense mm-hmm. that's going on with them in Las Vegas. But the White Sox using an approach of we better get we better get a stadium. Because we need to generate more money. So it's not just here. And there's another one. Phoenix enters the fray as well. It's maybe the worst time for the <laughs> for the Royals to be trying to do this, right? Phoenix is in the midst of things. The Diamondbacks are now speaking more openly about potential relocation. They've been trying to garner 
taxpayer funds for ballpark renovations. Now, again, the big difference in Kansas City is John Sherman's pledged a billion dollars of their own money. And don't and, forget the Coyotes right there with them, too. And the to Coyotes have been in flux for years now. Quote, Diamondbacks owner from Ken Kendrick, quote, we may run out of time in Phoenix. We hope that won't happen. It's I'm not, not, saying, not just Kansas City having these issues. It's a major I'm not saying. Areas. I'm not saying telling you which way to vote, okay? You do you. Do you. I don't live in Jackson County. If it were a, I'd be all in favor of a, you know, Kansas City Metro tax, but no one seems to ever want that. Okay. I would, I would, I would absolutely go. Yes. Sign me up. Here's my three, eight cents, whatever. I, I I'm, I'm in that camp. You, you, you do whatever. It's just interesting to see these bigger cities are really asking for more, right? They're asking for way more. And also now throwing out the threats of, well, you don't know if we can stay if we don't yeah. do it. It's yeah. getting kind of dire in some of these places, or at least maybe fake dire. Well, Kendrick's statement, the Diamondbacks executive statement, went on to say, hey, there are cities, whereas Reindorf didn't specifically name things. Kendrick said, hey, there are cities that want us. Yeah, yeah. Well, Salt Lake City's already got a group that's, like, putting it out there because they've been trying to get one. What's funny, you know how difficult it is? I wonder if a lot of these people understand, like, how difficult it is to bring a team to your city. Look how difficult it's been for Sprint Center. That Originally, when they built it, you know, people were thinking, oh, the NBA, the NHL, I mean, they – they had an NHL team already set in a board of governors with Lywicki and everything of bringing somebody. And they had Luke Robitaille going out there looking for teams. How difficult that's been. I mean, you're talking about a, a, a city that's getting the World Cup. You're talking about a city that had the NFL draft. You're talking about pre-Super Bowls. You're talking about a World Series all since 2015. And the lure of bringing an NHL mm-hmm. or, or a uh, NBA team is a pipe dream to the city. It is so difficult to get to them. And you have a county situation where you're getting 1% of the tax to earn. But when you lose a team, it's tough. I mean, yeah, St. Louis did get the Rams back and screwed it up. You know, they screwed up an NFL team twice, which is very difficult to do. I don't think they screwed up the second time. But it is so tough to bring <laughs> I'm a not putting a, I'm a, team to I'm not putting area. the second time on St. Louis. That yeah, guy wanted one, to leave. Yeah. yeah. That guy wanted to leave. He had, a, he had all the money. So they still got They still bolt the toilet. Kansas City's seen its share. I mean, yeah. with Kansas City scouts leaving. The Kings left. They, the A's originally left. I mean, did get them back. I, I just, I just hate this approach. Threatening you, never helps. When you, when you bend your city over, well, if we don't do it, they're gone. I hate that. Hate well, that. People hate nowadays that. be like, oh, great, go ahead and go. Yeah. See ya. That's where we're at now. You know, okay. Beforehand, it's like a little more patience, but there's patience yeah. is out the window. Go to, go to Nashville. Yeah. Know. It's like, see ya. I, that's that's come up with the Royals even. You know. Yeah. There's been there's been that reaction. Go to Nashville then. Whatever. Um. It's divorce society. They All right, let's just get divorced. They haven't. They they at least haven't used this this threat. These other places have. It's pretty amazing. Uh, the Chiefs have found a way to trim some fat. We'll get to that next. Bink was just saying during the break. You you were affected by the uh, the phone outage yesterday, oh, huh? Which made it weird because you couldn't even surf. You couldn't surf the internet while waiting at a doctor's appointment. Yeah, I was at the eye doctor yesterday, or uh, 
I had a doctor yesterday, and I was sitting there going, what am I going to do? I'm not going to. You didn't have any old magazines? There was like, none because like, everybody plays with their phone and stuff, right? So, like, I couldn't the old magazine days are gone. draft in the doctor's office lobby anymore. Yeah, it's no, terrible. you couldn't look up things. You couldn't look up stats or, or figures or things that you normally do. You know how weird that was? Oh, not yeah. to be able to do it. But you know what, though? I did leave, and it was kind of exhilarating. I mean, this was like till 11 o'clock or even later, and I was like, this is kind of nice. It's kind of a nice unplug. This is kind of nice just yeah. to, you know, not worry about your phone and not, you know, no texting, no calling. And it was like, eh, you know, if something happens or whatever, I wouldn't be able to, to call anybody. I just have to go figure out. Yeah. It's not like I'd go find a pay phone either. Like, what do you do? Like, if you break down, you don't have a cell phone. What do you just go to a business and use their phone? I mean, what do you do? I, we've had people call <laughs> sports radio before from Quick Trip just to get a call. But where do you go? What do you do? <laughs> what do you do? Can I use your phone at Quick Trip? Somebody called in the show that way. I've had I've had oh, that done wow. back in the Royals run. I think right. it was Ray, Crazy Ray. I think mm. did it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That would make sense. Um, yeah. No, but I do find myself in that spot too, where you just sit down for a moment, go get a haircut or whatever, or yeah. waiting at a at a doctor's office, and you're there. You're Catch literally sitting down for like thirty seconds. Like, what am I gonna do? Well, let's look up some on Twitter or whatever. Look, check out a refresh email or whatever. Because what what else are you gonna do? Like, stare around the building. Like, it is weird, and you don't even have the. Most places don't have the outdated magazines, or if they do, it's like almost like the uh, uh, here's the uh, you know the 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 magazine they have on like an airplane. No, it was you the know, dentist. Got, that's what it was. The, and everybody was on their phones. Everybody, like, was on I could tell yeah. they didn't have AT and T because because they were on. It yeah. was a dentist, and there, nobody Did you ask somebody, could I, "Hey, could you uh, spot me some of your uh, <laughs> your uh, hotspot?" Wi Fi <laughs> would work. Wi Fi would work, but nothing else would work. Could I use your hotspot to uh, yeah. to to surf the net and mock drafts while I'm sitting here? But everybody does it. There's no magazines anymore. So the uh, the Chiefs, it looks like, are switching out punters. Um, it was reported yesterday the Chiefs are signing punter Matt Ariza. You may remember the name. Uh, Sixth-round pick of the Bills in 2022. Never played. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Amidst a, uh, a rape investigation, charges eventually dropped. He filed a countersuit basically for defamation in the case. It's a, it's a kind of, it's sort of details for sure. In the case, it's kind of still ongoing. It doesn't involve him, uh, but involved uh, a party in, uh, in San Diego. And he was, uh, he was 21 at the time, but hasn't, hasn't played in the, uh, in the NFL. I believe it was the Jets had brought him in at some point last year for a workout. It was the tail end of like the, the, the case didn't get fully resolved. Un, for, for his part of it anyway, until like December. And so he's apparently going to be back in the NFL. Feels like the, the chiefs kind of taking a, maybe a PR risk and maybe, maybe not, but definitely there's some baggage. If you want to, you know, if you look at the background of the story, it's not the greatest thing in the world, but he was uh, not, not charged in the, in the case and was trying to kind of, sue to get his reputation back and so uh he's apparently going to get a chance in the nfl the chiefs uh, you you might say well what's wrong with tommy townsend well he's a free agent who's recently switched agents to drew rosenhaus seemingly you get drew rosenhaus to do what money get yourself a good contract right so he could be poised for a trying to find a big deal from a team heck he got brought back last year by the chiefs on a very nice punter deal at $2.8 million. For undrafted player, it's pretty nice. Right? Probably had his most inconsistent season, maybe since his rookie campaign. The last two years prior, he was absolute money, right? Everything he wanted. Last year was a little bit inconsistent. Did get off some some 
booming punts. He had a massive one in the Super Bowl that was huge, right, for, like for 16th, field position or whatever. 16th in some category, 17th, right in the middle of the pack. Yeah, so it probably wasn't as consistent, but he's also at the top end of money. And the Chiefs are looking for ways and to to get to get cheaper, right? So this one makes some sense if you're you know willing to take the maybe a a bit of a of a of a PR hit. And again, I don't know that it's going to be huge, but certainly if you Google this Matt Arise's name, you see what comes up. You can kind of make your own determination, right? Um, but this is, to me is much like Colquitt a few years ago. Colquitt was very good. I call him the I, he's the punter goat. For me in Kansas City, he was he was unbelievable at his job, right? But how much did you really need to punt and did you really need to spend high-end money? I think they're in that case already with, with Tommy Townsend. The Chiefs were the highest spenders in special teams last year, talking about kicker, punter, and long snapper. They had the most money spent at that position, and it was almost, not quite, almost twice the NFL average. So looking for a way to save some money by bringing in a talented uh, punter who was a draft pick, <laughs> right? When special, pick. when special teams guys are draft picks, sometimes there's there's ones that you say, oh, that was worth spending a draft pick on versus, a Heisman snub versus waiting for that. I'm not going to say an upgrade, but certainly an interesting switcheroo to get cheaper and uh, and 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 a talent, but he's yet to, to punt in the NFL. And I think the one thing about it, that if this was just any punter, if this was just any guy that they went out and grabbed, it might have – people still be thinking Townsend, right? With the fact that he has the pedigree that he did back in college, it changes things. It's not just going out and grabbing a guy. It's grabbing a guy that won Ray Guy Award as the best punter. He had 76 punts his last year, 37 landed inside the 20. Five – Traveled at least 72 yards. He had an 86-yarder and an 81-yard punt, and he did the extra point. So he kicks, too. Again, if it had just been any name that they grab, it'd be like, oh, well, this is just competition because the Chiefs don't usually have a lot of competition for kickers mm-hmm, or punters. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it is a guy that won every All-American award you could possibly have in college football, a guy that was considered a Heisman snub, it's like, okay, the writing's on the wall. If, again, if his name's Joe Smith and he punted at uh, San Diego State, big deal but it's a name guy that won the Ray guy from San Diego state, which is much different. That's, that's, also, got, I, that's also got news stories about him. And there's, he, there's he that does. portion of two. You no, know? He's got that, but I mean, obviously it was a big deal. Yep. I mean, rarely does Adam Schefter and everybody tweet about a punter signing in a different place. They all did. It was, it was a story, you know, Mike Garofalo and everybody else talking about this punter, but it's because he had a huge name when he came out of college. And then the story that came, that he's been cleared of uh, now, of course. And then, Remember back when Townsend arrived, you mentioned kind of bringing in competition. Townsend only came here under the guise of, I don't want to compete the first go round. Cause that was a bone of contention. Uh, Colquitt wanted to stay. He's like, you want to bring in competition? I'll compete. And Townsend was, uh, Townsend was wanted. adamant. Right. And was, was in demand, even though he was an undrafted free agent, wanted to come here and have the, and have the job. And the chiefs allowed that. Right. So you kind of wonder now, like, would he be welcome to competition anyway? Uh, but also he's a free agent. So now you've almost made the decision, like, go, go find your own best deal because we've got, we've got a guy seemingly and a cheaper one. So feels like this was a, you know, probably to me less performance-based, more financial-based uh, than anything. And then you have a punter, obviously, that had 
pretty good, pretty good upside in terms of his abilities in, in college. Chiefs can't pay everybody. It's one thing you can't do. I know you get attached to everybody. You can't pay everybody. And this is one way to kind of trim the fat. The Chiefs obviously have uh, contracts coming up. It'd be nice to bring back like a Drew Tranquil to this football team and add it. You're going to have uh, Snead, Chris Jones, eventually Bolton and Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith and all this. Uh, you're probably going to save $12 million by getting rid of MBS. So there's that money. If you want to bring in a Mike Evans, then you got extra money here that you would pay your punter. So you find a way to spread the spread the money around from your salary cap. We all have salary caps. You, every team's got one. Uh, it is going to go way up this year, which is going to be nice uh, for the Chiefs when it makes that jump. Yeah, you're going to have a three million, uh, like a three million dollar punter versus an undrafted uh, rookie free agent punter money. You're going to have be a draft pick. You're going to have to be saving. You're going to be saving a bunch of cash there as well. We'll get Pink's impressions of wide receiver at 32. For the Chiefs, we'll discuss next. All my Back in on a Friday, along with Jay Binkley today, I'm Josh Klingler, Nathan Williams producing. Binkley, of course, our draft guru, the Character Concerns podcast is up each and every week, 610sports.com and the Odyssey app, he and Chris Udocero. Uh, but Bank wanted to get your thoughts on the uh, the viability for the, the, the Chiefs getting a wide receiver at 32. You know, my one and only mock draft has the uh, the Chiefs taking Marvin Harrison Jr. at 32 yeah, 31 with the other 31 picks ahead of them being quarterbacks. Um, I still am optimistic that can be the case, uh, but this is a good wide receiver draft, right? It's a great wide receiver class. You know, I actually saw Malik neighbors actually graded out higher than Marvin Harrison jr. And someone's uh, grades that they did uh, for the uh, draft, but From yeah, the you, too much time on my hands department. Is that what that too is? much yeah, time yeah, yeah, on yeah. my hands? You start to, you start to uh, delve into a thing. Well, so I mean, Go yeah, back and look yeah. at Mahomes' draft grades. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people yeah. didn't like him, and he wasn't going to work out and things like that, but it seemed to, to work out. But, yeah, this is the year to do it. This is the year to do it. Seven receivers taken in the first round is the record uh, from back in 2004. Uh, 2020, you had uh, 13 of them taken in the first two rounds. You'll beat that this year. Most mock drafts do have five to seven receivers being taken. Can it be eight in the first round? Can there be a hell of a run? But the wide receivers in this class, some think the receivers, actually the top three players in the NFL draft are all wide receivers. I mean, that's how good these guys are. Obviously, it's going to be Caleb Williams, probably Drake May before Marvin Harrison Jr. But overall, talent He's wasted by the what? Patriots or yeah, Arizona or somebody. Jane Daniels is going to go up <laughs> top. But yeah, 100% sitting at 32. They can get who they want. A lot of it's going to sort out. Chiefs have been all over the map like who they're getting. But most people do have them receivers. Although I've seen some like Nate Wiggins and some corners and I've seen Tyler Guyton, the offensive lineman from Oklahoma, because people are trying to think outside the box, thinking Orlando Brown was Oklahoma, Creed Humphreys, Oklahoma, Wanya Morris, Oklahoma. And they're thinking, oh, who's going to be the next Oklahoma lineman that ends up with the Chiefs? But for the most part, they've been wide receivers. Now, it will matter, I do believe, on several of the guys they've picked, like Xavier Worthy of Texas that you've seen a lot early on in mock drafts, and Keon Coleman. It's gone from early on to later on, and all of a sudden he can be, you know, get for the Kansas City Chiefs, or maybe they only have to move down just a few spots. But who's going to trade with them? That's the question. They kind of learned last year that there are not many teams willing 
to trade the Chiefs. Now, maybe somebody like the Seahawks, somebody like that would, but AFC teams, you're probably not going to get to trade the Chiefs. They're kind of hands-off in that department. But sitting at 32, yeah, they can get a quality in because you're looking at maybe five quarterbacks taken in the first round. You're thinking of uh, the cornerbacks they're going to be taking around. You're thinking about the offensive linemen. So, yeah, they're picking 32, but in essence, they're probably picking 22 or 23 when you think of these other positions that they're not going to draft that's going to go ahead of them. So they're actually sitting there really, really nice sitting at 32 uh, in maybe a trade-back situation if someone really, really won the quarterback like Will Levis kind of slipped last year to the second round, but someone could have jumped up to the end of the first round with the Chiefs find a trade partner willing to do that. But sitting at 32, uh, the quality of receiver is still going to be there because I think the second round of the draft is going to be unbelievable with wide receiver talent. So you're essentially getting the first pick of the second round, you know, sitting there picking at 32 for the Chiefs. But 100%, uh, I believe that uh, if they go out and get free agent wide receiver, like a Mike Evans type, go ahead and draft a receiver, have Rasheed Rice still in the receiver room. This could be a whole new-looking wide receiver room. Hey, I get it. They've won, they've won Super Bowls not having Tyreek Hill. I get it. That's always, the, that's always the big argument out there. It's a good argument. Hey, they've won without Tyreek Hill. But you didn't have to sweat as much when you had a Tyreek Hill who did help you win that, that Super Bowl by running Wasp. Like, it does – it helped. It was great that MVS caught the ball in the postseason. Like, that was nice to have. That was a nice feature to have – for the Chiefs, but just adding weapons because I do believe your best weapon on this football team is Patrick Mahomes. You supply him with weapons. It's time. They, they've spent a lot of draft picks on the defense, 7 to 10 two years ago, 5 of 7 last year. It is time to start getting offensive weapons uh, for this team. You have the youngest defense in the NFL. I think sitting at 32, not even a, a need to trade back or even trade up because they can, I think, get a quality receiver uh, sitting at 32. Well, oh, I, I, I understand the mock drafts that have wide receiver because it's like, oh, yeah, they were without wide receivers. Makes but, sense. But you had Rashi Rice's emergence, and if you believe he is a top-end wide receiver, and you go and and get a free agent, whether it's Mike Evans or someone else, you don't have to go wide receiver in your first pick. As you had mentioned, if it goes deeper, you can you can go a little bit later at wide receiver. You don't you're not you're not forced to do that. The I Chiefs still do it. The Chiefs aren't forced to do anything at 32, which again I like, because uh, they do have a lot of other needs. Is for instance, third wide receiver at 32 a must do? It might not be. If you have a free agent in place and you have Rashi Rice. You're essentially talking about your third in the pecking order wide receiver. Do you even have to do that at 32? I would argue you don't. I I think it's going to be hard-pressed, though, because you look back at this draft in four years or five years, you say, man, that was a wide receiver draft. That was a wide – we didn't take one. But But if they moved moved to 27 or 25 – That was the year to do it. You know, I I wouldn't have a problem with that either. But I, mean, I don't year, think they're forced. They're forced to do it, which I which is nice. And they always look ahead at things. And the Chiefs probably you know took they did with offensive line. That's why they went out and got Orlando Brown because they didn't like Liam Eisenberg or Alex Leatherwood or Sam Cosme. Any of these guys All during the, the COVID draft. years, yeah. they didn't like it. That's why they went out to Trent Williams so hard, and that's why they ended up with Orlando Brown. But this year, you you look back and say, eh, didn't go wide receiver uh, when they could have. This is a wide receiver draft. They knew that this coming up. This year, we all knew it last year that the real wide receiver class was going to be this year much better than last year. But this is the year to do it. And I want them to do it. I, you know, it's not just one pass catcher. 
you mean you got lucky with Rasheed Rice? I don't know if you want to call it luck. He was good, and Pat helps you get him. And Rasheed Rice put up the numbers in college because he had 96 catches. Number two on the team was 38. That means he did everything, which I understand why the Chiefs like guys like that because Mahomes was a do everything guy. Yeah, and Rasheed Rice was that guy. But the pass on him on a wide receiver, at least throw a couple of darts. I think they will throw a couple of darts at receiver to to bulk up this room and make it strong because you don't you don't hit on everybody. Look at Sky Moore. We don't know that's. Jury's still out on that one. It doesn't look great at this point, but you know you're going to miss sometimes. Sometimes you're going to get you're going to hit like Rasheed Rice, but you take multiple opportunities, multiple chances, and, and see what happens. I I just want to see him get the wide receiver help, make things easier on Patrick Mahomes, move the chains, let's cut down on the drops, get the dependable hands going forward because that's what this team is all about. And getting wide receiver talent is what you do. I think the hardest thing too about this draft is. And it's not talked about as much right now, but it will be. Is a lot of these great receivers, there's two of them on a team or three. Like, for instance, Texas, like Xavier Worthy's been mocked to the Chiefs, but they also got AD Mitchell. So it's both two receivers. LSU's got two, Malik Neighbors and, and Brian do Thomas. Pick, do you pick the right one? Yeah, Washington's right. got three Jalen McMillan, Jalen Polk, and Romo Dunze. Well, Romo Dunze is the toughest. We've seen this. We've seen Ryan Sims get picked from a team that had Julius Peppers on the defense line. So who's the stud and who isn't? Sometimes it works out. Like, look, look at LSU when they had Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson was the number two. And Jamar Chase was the number one. Well, clearly, both of those are number one wide receivers in the NFL. So you go back and say, all right, well, LSU played Alabama. Or who did Kool-Aid McKinstry guard? Like, who did their first-round corner? They actually have two first-round corners at Alabama, so it's a bad example. But who was on who? Because a lot of college teams don't have first-round corners. And if you do, you find out who do they guard. Like, who, who is the actual? It's tough. Thing. That's why you go to the combine. You see the speed, you see the routes, and you see everything else. But to me, that's one of the tougher things is figuring out, yes, somebody put up big numbers like a Brian Thomas and led the nation you know, in touchdowns. That's great. But how much concentration was on Malik Neighbors? Like how much force? That's going to be the toughest thing for the Chiefs to kind of weed out. Chad Powers is back. Think fast, run fast. Think fast, run fast. Next. In an era where I believe, Bank, there are too many recycled ideas. Television is a recycled mess of ideas right now. Like, we'll just reboot stuff. We don't have another idea. We'll just uh, throw together another season of a reality show that should have been done 10 years ago. You know, there's like lack of sometimes new things. Enough new things. So I like that they're jumping on this one. Chad Powers is going to be back. Uh, you remember the Chad Powers bit that Eli Manning did for uh, for ESPN Plus and his Eli's places where he he went back to uh, he went to Penn State and uh, tried to to uh, to walk on as a older quarterback. Hello, I'm Chad Powers. Hey, I'm Chad Powers. Hulu has ordered a pickup of the series, a half-hour comedy series based on the Chad Powers character. <laughs> uh, Eli's going to be involved in it too. He's not going to play. He's not going to play 
He's not going to play uh, Chad Power. Does that mean I didn't make the team coach? No, you did not. Uh, but it's based on his character. He's going to have like a executive producer, whatever. His The Omaha Productions crew is going to be part of it as well. It's like multiple entities getting a part of this. But um, the quarterback is going to be Russ Holidays is going to be his name in the, in the character. Um, when bad behavior nukes quarterback Russ Holiday's college career, he disguises himself and walks onto a struggling Southern football team as the talented, affable uh, Chad Powers. Chad Powers, you're ineligible. Come on up. Uh, so a couple of actors have signed on. One of them's uh, one of the dudes from the the, the, the Top Gun reboot. Sorry, as I, as I, as I lambasted reboots. But uh, one of those characters. But they're going to bring Chad Powers to life. In a 30-minute sitcom. I love it. I think it's going to be good. I'm all no, for it. It should be good. When I first saw it, I thought it was Kenny Powers. <laughs> I thought they were going to reboot <laughs> Kenny Powers. They have done that like, one. Yeah, yeah, I know. A, and yeah, I, yeah. I really like that one. I was like, oh, yeah. is this going to be it uh, with, with Powers? But, yes, this is uh, Eli. Uh, I never really watched a ton of the Chad Powers, but it was it is something I'd be interested you in. You didn't watch that episode? No. Who, who's the guy from Top Gun? It's Hangman, right? Isn't it from uh, Top yeah, Gun? Yeah, yeah. <gasps> I do not have Hulu though. I give him a password. Don't be afraid. You can watch it then. But an awesome addition of Peyton's places. You, you, Peyton's or places Eli's places. Eli's places. Peyton's places. All the places that they're doing now on on ESPN Plus are actually really good. They're all really really well done by uh, by Peyton and company that have uh, that kind of passed on that series. And I like that they're turning this one into a uh, sitcom. Hey, you did something kind of fun here. Rather than rebooting, uh, you know, Love Island. <laughs> do you have Peacock right now? Do you still do you have Peacock? Did you sign up for Did you sign up for no, Peacock for that one game? Because I didn't need it for that one playoff game. You didn't do that. Um, I guess I could have got it earlier. The for algorithm the, uh, Bills, on uh, Chargers game. Big fan, big fan of Peacock. One, I get I get my my Big Ten fix in there in the office. I I can I can watch uh, all the Law and Orders that I want. Golf and for some reason the 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 algorithm believes that we want to watch all those terrible. Like uh, Real Housewives and Love Island, and all these, and that always comes up first on the thing. I'm like, I am. We've none of us have ever watched any of these. Stop showing this as, hey, do you want to catch up on Love Island, Australia? Actually, no, I don't. I have no intention of ever watching that. So uh, I'll get you the. I'll get you past when, when when it comes on a Hulu. Well, here's the thing: you need to watch the Eli's places. Chad no, Powers, I though, it. I figured this was right up your alley, old man it's trying to try true. out for a college football team. True. That's not it's that's like that not, or Kenny Powers. That's obviously. not right in your wheelhouse. Down. Yeah, hundred percent is. Does that mean I didn't make the team coach? No, you did not. Need to eventually. I know they talked about this, you know, with Fox and this ESPN, this this bundle. Mm-hmm. Need mm-hmm. to start bundling sports. You know, you know how difficult they've made Saturdays now. Because you jump ESPN Plus got a bunch. I watch that. I do have that. But then you got to jump out of it to go into something else to watch a different game, like on Fox or whatever. So you got to jump. Around it's not easy. It's not the old remote flipping between channels because you got to jump out of the app and go in the other things unless you have multiple. You, you know, sound uh, like my wife. She can't. She no. She, it's just, just she is. She is still. She is bundle. still mad at me for ditching Directv because she's like, I knew where all the channels were. Well, you know, um, come up with football because. But I and I've tried. I've tried to to. Uh, I, I'm a floater now. I'll move around for different rates, you know, and so I, I have I have at times flummoxed our family. 
as to where to, to find channels. No, I'm surprised we haven't seen more football-oriented stuff that's easier. I mean, top 100 shows last year, 93 were football games. I mean, that just makes sense to me. Hey, have a football-only type of stream. <laughs> there you go. I'm oh, not I, kidding. Now it's become difficult because different entities own different products. The, the Fox ESPN combo one is kind of interesting, but that doesn't have baseball, and it doesn't have football. I mean, NFL football, I should say, right? So that one's going to be a little bit different. Plus, I think somebody's already suing them, I believe. I think Fubo or something or, um, is already stepping up and saying, wait a minute, this is kind of what this is kind of what we build our package on. I don't know how, how that's going to shake out. I've always been in favor bank of, you know, I mean, ESPN is doing it themselves. Like, we just take it all in-house and send it out to you in, in, in a stream. You got to find out what the a la carte price is. The, the one that they're talking, this combo one's like 50 bucks a month. Not exactly uh, cheap, especially if you're, you know, you you go out and search that that uh, you know, uh, bargain cable deal. You can get in the fifty, I think, in the fifty dollar range these days. If you kind of go out and shop yourself around uh, for those services, but not, but I'm with you. It makes it it makes it difficult to to do stuff. You have to decide which which uh, you know streamers you're you're going to be on board with, and it it does make life a little more difficult. But we hated the old we hated well, you know, you know we what? hated the old system, and so now this is the uh, this is the reverse. You know, this sounds silly, and I know a lot of people don't do it. The court could. I, I use Spectrum or the Spectrum app. Mm-hmm. There is nothing better to watch college football to me than that. And have ESPN Plus on the side and things like that because I can flip between the games a lot easier. And have ACC Network and SEC Network and Pac-12 at that point, even though it doesn't matter with Pac-12 right now. But it, it made it easier because I could go around. And then when Spectrum had their fight with Disney or whatever. And then you lost it, all those for a little yeah, bit. I was yeah, forced yeah, to go to a yeah. sports bar for a couple of weeks. Oh man, I mean, that, that must have really oh, that must have really Oh, it just sucked. That must have really been hard for you. It was tough. I gotta go to a sports bar. I know, I know. And see tap beer and But it did become kind of a pain. Wings and all that stuff. I, mean, I couldn't keep living that life. It was a great <laughs> life. I just couldn't keep living that life. And it's more expensive than when you yeah. than when you uh had the uh the full cable package. So you're still you're still a cable guy for now. For for sports, okay. yes. Yeah. Even though it is, but it's an app. But you buy that. It is an app now, so it's on TVs as an app, just like anything else. But I get it. I don't it's want. An app, but it's I, all your I really don't want to be in the mode of um, uh, soccer's on Apple and uh, football's on Hulu and Peacock's got that. You know what I mean? It does make it does make it more difficult. I think some point we will get the full a la carte. We'll just hate the price. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll hate the sports price because the sports are still obviously the money makers, money generators, and money spenders in the uh, entertainment uh, TV industry right now. So it just makes it you, too easy. You won't, for, you won't like it. Yeah, but the bouncing around stuff. I mean, that's it gets it gets old at a certain point. What's your uh, what's your all time maybe favorite video game, sports video game? Tecmo Bowl, hundred percent. EA football, obviously. Super, super Tecmo or regular, the regular or first Tecmo? tecmo. First, first Tecmo. The original Tecmo. I probably like the Super one better. E, well, the, any of the Tecmo Bowls are great, but yes, if I had to pick one between them, it would be the original because that was like really, really cool at the time. Uh, EA Sports, I do enjoy the 2004 college football. I always enjoyed that. Um, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out was a fun sports-type mm-hmm. game that was always great to beat the next fighter. And Blades of Steel. Blades of Steel and original. Uh, and uh, baseball with the... Uh, RBI baseball? RBI baseball, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's uh, pretty much the only games that buy you sports games. Maybe uh, Grand Theft Auto or something thrown in there. Call of Duty, something like that. But mostly sports games. Yeah, I I didn't 
Yeah, I didn't play a lot of non-sports games. Didn't either. I, I was like a super EA a super EA connoisseur, but I'm with you. I, if you found your window of which EA one you liked, sometimes you just wanted to stay in that window. I know that they got to the point where they got you like buying it every single year, but I still had my favorites along the way, right? Mine was like NHL 94, specifically 94. I don't know why. Tried 95, eh, let's see. Got to 97, like me. And I would always go back to, to 94. Um, Madden kind of pushed you because that was, I felt like Madden was the first one that really pushed you to go year to year, but I still had my favorites there. I think it was like, I want to say that one might've been 94, 95, probably my wheelhouse, um, where, uh, you could put Deion Sanders at tight end and, and Tony Gonzalez obviously was, was in, was in the game. Um, and there was a tight end seam play where if you put, you put Dion at the tight end. He, you couldn't stop him. He was on the Falcons then, and you just move. You just you, you could manipulate your lineup, put him at this, and you couldn't stop this play because he'd run over the top, and you just you just chuck it to him. And t- it was the same effective play for Tony, but he didn't have quite the speed, obviously, that 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 Dion did during that moment. But I think everybody's probably had their window of like if you had that EA buzz, this was your window. College football was a great game. Um, and then it went away and then we had a lawsuit and then we had the, the likeness fights. I loved both the college football and at the time, uh, coach K's college basketball he used to play that one all the time too. That one had, again, the, the teams were on there and you knew who the players were, but they never said their players. Now we've gotten to the point where obviously, uh, people are wanting, uh, money for their likeness and they should. And so here we are with the college football 25 is coming back. Uh, 610 Sports Radio, KCSP, Kansas City, WDF, HC2, Liberty, and Odyssey Station. Uh, we saw over the last 24 hours, players have now been given the opportunity to opt in. College fo- Current college football players, 11,000 of them, I think, are eligible, 11, right? 11,000. Um, 134 all, teams. Now. All 134 teams are going to be part of of uh, college uh, football 25 from With EA. Kennesaw State joining the oh, FBS why not? this year. So it was 133, now why it's 134. Not? Only you would know that. And so uh, the players are going to have the ability to opt in. They're going to get a copy of the video game and $600, which doesn't sound like a lot these days. I'm thinking back to, I mean, today, <laughs> like today, if you offered me, I'm going to put you in the video game, I would probably just give me a copy of the game. That's pretty awesome. I'm creating my own characters of myself anyway. But I would think if you're a college kid, you would jump on this in like two seconds. Just to be in the game, we talked to a lot of college players that, you know, were in this game before. Or even guys, you know, in the NFL that didn't really, you know, make it very far. They love the fact they were in Madden. Like they will love the fact that they're in Madden. They were in the video game. That way they can show their kids or whatever. They love that fact. I know Christian Okoye gets that. I'll ask that question all the time. Did you ever play Tech Mobile and see yourself Uh, just run over everybody? I mean, it's fun. But everybody's got stories. I mean, but once you play, if you play it online, you're playing, you want the, the current players. But if you're playing dynasty mode by yourself, you recruit new players. I would recruit, my whole line would be six, seven, 350 pounds. You, I would did always, you create them all or just uh, recruit always, them all? Yeah. No, I would yeah. grab them. I, yeah. I'd recruit them. But I would always take a safety and put it outside linebacker because I wanted speed to get, always did it. Always used the defensive back as an outside linebacker. But it's just little tricks and things that people would do. And always remember those games and how addictive they were. 
Now, some would argue, and I think uh, uh, the new it's not even it's not even a players' association, but it's kind of they're trying to get to a players' association like in college, and they're saying they're they're screwing over the kids with this one. And I'm like, uh, they're paying out six million dollars, right? In in royalties, six, six point six point six million dollars in royalties, something like that. Uh, expected to generate eighty million dollars in in sales, but also, you know. A video game doesn't just happen. There's a lot of money that's invested into building a video game. I'm like, I don't know. How much should the players get of that? Now, would you love to see them? They get $600 plus a percentage of, of sales, you know, or 1% of sales are put into the pool and they all split it or whatever. Something like that. Sure. That'd be cool. But heck, if I was in college, I'd be like, put me in the video game. This is real. This is really, I'll just give you a copy of it. So I have to, so I have to buy it myself. And, uh, you know, $600 is great. But then you mentioned, too, they've hit the threshold where you have to pay tax on it. But, you know, some, not all, of these players are already probably getting some kind of NIL money that's taxable. Well, anyway. EA is already planning on paying a lot of these players anyway for extra, like to market the game or, you know, help market it. Like next year, they would they would use certain guys to kind of market the video game because they're in it for next year's. Uh, next year's Heisman Trophy candidates would uh, be uh, prevalent in the uh, – marketing of the game and wouldn't you want to do that too yeah i mean like this past year caleb williams would have made a ton marketing this game had it been a year earlier the other the only problem is they're a bit behind apparently in rolling this out it took a little while to, to get this rolled out right and they're not going to be able to get the full likenesses of, of players available i mean they don't have your name and stuff but it might not look like you, you or whatever scans in right right didn't get the scans of the players. There'll be a black kid that's white and a white kid that's black. I mean, we're gonna that's gonna happen, right? It's gonna inevitably inevitably happen. Someone's gonna uh, take a take a guess based on the name of one of their programmers and be like, nope, wrong one. It's not gonna look like him. But that was always funny too. Like, um, wasn't it RBI baseball that had George Brett batting the wrong way? Right? And uh and sometimes they'd have, you know, every once in a while there'd be one of those mistakes. They're like, that doesn't even look like this kid at all. So those are always kind of fun little quirky things of it. I loved coach K basketball too. That was the other one I mentioned a little bit earlier. And that one, I remember even like years later playing it. And I had to like go back and like Google their rosters of the, of the teams that were in it to be like, Oh yeah, that was uh that was uh Cherokee parks from Duke, you know, like random dumb stuff like that. I always thought that that was, that was a fun like this. And then uh, the ones where you knew it was them and you played them. I kept a college football. I kept a college football edition one year just because uh, Iowa quarterback at the time, Brad Banks was a Heisman trophy candidate. You remember that name? Mm-hmm. And, and he was awesome in the video game. And so like, I, I got to go buy that one to keep it. Heck, did you buy, I know I bought um, like MLB, the show after the Royals won it. <laughs> it was, I'm like, there may never be a better edition of a video game involving the Royals than this one. So yeah, be the show was so fun. Kramer and I did <laughs> the coat there. We, yeah. like, we made a TV show. But out of it. You did that. Did that one just because, uh, well, they're never going to be rated better. They're coming off a of world series. This is, the, this is, this is great. So I, I think that they've always done kind of a genius. I mean, it, we're suckers for these kind of things. Right. And uh, I, I wish I had more time to, to play most of these games. Cause they're, they're still pretty awesome. You know, what I did uh, back in the 2004, what is the was Brent Lowry year? Was that 14? Were, were the Escobar, yes. yeah, yeah. Escobar, yeah, yeah. I'll never forget, but because I had, I was going to the back when I went to the lot 60, 65 Royals games a year, covering them. But I actually took MLB the show 
and it was plunking Lowry. Like that was just something fun that the night before the game. I really literally you were so, did this. You were in so my ticked 40s, with the guy. You're like, I'm going to go throw at him. Yeah. In my yeah. 40s, yeah. I'm plunking Brett Lowry yeah, yeah, yeah. just for fun. Yeah. Yeah. I have a uh, – I probably play – Or home run derby. And I, like I, I never really evolved to playing other people online. I just play against the computer. Like I don't – it doesn't. Or you actually had people, human beings, like to play. Well, yes, you had yeah. friends do that at yeah. some point in time. Now, but but now if I play, I play. I'll play FIFA probably more so than anything. And I mean, you don't think I created me that played for sporting and <laughs> we're in the the year to year mode now? Of course I did. Those are awesome. That, those are awesome. Those are terrific. I think I think they're a bunch of fun. So, congratulations to all these players that are getting at least a little check, and you're getting a copy of the game, and it's uh, it's unbelievable that you're they're a part of it. I think it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, it is. I'll never forget uh, when we did that uh, game with, like, Brady. We put it on Twitter, like, who's pitching that night? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Brady said we had a chat box, too. It was on YouTube and Twitch and all that and Facebook and all that. Brady Singer's dad would check in. Was dialed in? Just to watch watch his son because that was when he was going to get his chance, you know, that COVID year. Would check in on the video game watching, uh, watching his son. Even one night Brady even got in there and started using the box. But Brady Singer's dad. Would have get in there and watch uh, like his son pitch the anime because we didn't have anything else to watch. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else to do. The old sports world went. <laughs> video games became huge at that point. I would like to know the uh, sales during video games during that time. 2020. Probably pretty good. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah. What else was there to yeah, do? Yeah, there was to do. We could probably find toilet paper and play video games. I. I mean, I don't know. It feels like so long ago, but it wasn't. I mean, we had a we had a game shortage at that point, didn't we? Like a console sh- shortage at that point. Yeah, in time, right? everything. Was, you just couldn't yeah. you couldn't get the consoles. It wasn't the, the games that were the biggest problem. Was getting the the newest console, right? There was a, there was playing an issue. online and everything. I mean, that was <laughs> yeah. The new, the new consoles, I think, came out during like shortly after the outbreak. Yeah, and they were so hard was, to get, right? Yeah, yeah. At that point in time, I haven't upgraded consoles in a while though. Either I think we're on we're on PS4. I'm on five now, but it took me like two years yeah. to get one. Yeah. I mean, and that's maybe a good question. It's hard to get. Does 25, is that only on like five? Like, text line not, would know that will it not The text play, line says so. Will it not play on four? Yeah, the text line says so. If so I, if I have to, if I want college football 25, I do have to finally make the move. My son will be ecstatic. We have to make the move to five. Guess what? The 600 bucks that you get as an athlete, you can buy a system. Well, I'm, he's not on it, and I'm not on it. Daughter's not on it. Wife's you not on it. You can buy a system if there's 600 <laughs> we're get, bucks. We're not getting that. We're, we're, we're having to pay this ourselves. That's what they got to throw in for those kids, getting the PS5 and the game. Oh, wow. You only get that if you go to a bowl game. <laughs> throw, Remember the bowl, the, games, the bowl game swag used to yeah. include a video game system? I'm like, man, that looks great going to a bowl game. This is pretty cool. Will Hingle McCrinkleberry be available on NCAA 24? Very good question. It's a very valid question. Uh, nice job by you. Nine one three five eight six seven six ten on the, the uh, and then we'll be the show. Yeah, his yeah. bat flip was epic, but I gave him a red bat and a red cleats by bed Mahomes for the Royals. Did you use his? He was his, like rookie, second rookie of the year. Did you use his college, uh, his college baseball stats? Because you probably shouldn't have. No, I didn't. His use His ERA stats. of infinity. He, I didn't have him pitch. I had him hit. Mm. Nothing beats Tecmo Bowl. Montana to Rice is always unbeatable. Or Kevin Mack and Ernest Biner. From the Bo uh, Jackson. From the 816. Bo Jackson on Super Tecmo, man. You uh, could just run circles. Akoya. And then try to run for like 800 yards in a game. So frustrating. You had the tackle almost made and you <laughs> chucked you off of him. <laughs> sometimes you just couldn't get enough possessions to, to, uh, to really rack up his number. Made third and one nice. NFL 95 was mine. Montana on the cover. Okay. 
had NCAA football 2007. Turns out the max you could have was a 60 year dynasty. You got it all the way to the end of the game. <laughs> 60 years. Nice job. I probably was close to that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Before I restart, I would take a team like Toledo. You know, it'd be in the MAC, then I'd be in the Big Ten by like three years. You know, something like that. Or Wyoming. I would take somebody like that. I wouldn't take like Ohio State or somebody like yep. that. I took a team and built them. Yep. NBA Jam, of course. I had that. I have that both in Sega, and then we bought the we bought the upright video game a few years ago when it came out. It's got the four player on it. It's pretty great. Can you still get old school arcade games? That'd be the. I've always um, won the Golden Tee. They've made. They've made uh, home versions now yeah. that are that are a lot more affordable, like five hundred bucks ish that you could buy. You know the stand up ones. They're not they're not the uh, you know four thousand dollar arcade ones, but they're the home home versions that are pretty good. We used to have a golden tea. The golden the golden tea ones. Room. The golden tea of that one is that is not very good. I th- that golden tea still down there, isn't it? I don't think it is. It isn't it. That thing worked for years. Vernon and I used to play all the time. Yeah, we had, a, we, had a, we had an old school golden tee that was awesome. Love Golden tee's probably one of, in top three. Top three all-time sports games. Love golden tee. Yeah. Did you play much of it? Uh-huh. All the bets in between, you know, guys sitting down there then playing they went, at the bar. And- the, one we had, the one we had here had the built-in, I would say built-in screen, but it, it looked like a regular video game. Remember when they evolved, though, and they had the, the console, and then they had yeah. the, the stand, and then, then you could make whatever size TV you wanted at the edge of it? I always wanted one of, one of those models, but they were never very cheap. And then there's there's one, like, home, this whatever, this Arcade One, I think it's, it's the name of the company, that does the the home ones. They have they have a Golden Tee version, but it's a, it's a not very good graphically, graphic version. It's like the, it's like the Atari version, the first version of... <laughs> Golden Tee, it's not really great. 816 says NASCAR. NASCAR games are good on video games. I like, like the, the racing games, too. Buy, especially if you buy the uh, foot pedal yeah. and everything else. I like the, I like the racing games, not just uh, not just Mario Kart, which is which is awesome, but, you know, the uh, the real ones. And now, you know, you can get eSports college scholarships, so go go play <laughs> more. True. Now, now kids have an excuse. Hey, I'm trying to earn a scholarship, Mom. Go play more, uh, go play more uh, video games. We'll talk some more uh, draft with Binkley. Uh, first, his thoughts on the free agents to retain, and then we'll see where his ranking of quarterbacks lies. Can we get 31 drafted before the Chiefs pick? We'll discuss next. Arcade1up.com is the is the uh, that mini arcade website. They sell it. They sell the brand like it. You can get them at like Target and Walmart, whatever. And sometimes you find deals on them. But they have that full stand up arcade machines that are not the not the heavy duty case ones that you would get. You know that were actually at the arcade that you could put whatever. But they're just like at home versions. They're pretty good. Or the we seated got a, we ones, got a couple of them, like at a Pizza Hut or something, where yeah, you could sit. Yeah, and- yeah. They, I think they do have like the tabletop Miss Pac-Man from Pizza Hut. I think yeah. you could buy that now. That's a, that one's a little pricier, but um, there's some like that was a day, man. Like getting a Coke, couple hundred dollar. Uh, I think we got we got a couple Christmases ago. I remember we got like we got the uh, Galaga combo yeah. one for like two hundred twenty five bucks or something. I mean, they're pretty affordable now. But anyway, Arcade One Up. Someone was asking about that. That uh, that that company, Arcade One Up. 
com. So there's your there's your plug. Should I get six hundred dollars and a copy of a game? That'd be awesome. I don't think that's how that works for us. Um, Bank, you have a little uh, uh, update on the uh, the Matt Ariza uh, signing by the uh, by the Chiefs. Of a little more of the maybe lack of financial details. I think this is a big part of why the Chiefs go ahead and try to make this move. That uh, Tommy Townsend is going to be a free agent. You paid him like two point eight million dollars last year. Uh, now you have an opportunity to to get someone um, a lot lot cheaper. Tom Pelissero from NFL Network put out the Chiefs signed Matt Ariza to a minimum deal with an injury split. So no financial risk as the champs give Ariza a chance to get his career back. So a minimum deal. So, yes, the Chiefs uh, possibly have a dynamic punter who can also kick and kick off and minimum deal. So it's like perfect for what yeah, they're trying to I do. I think it, that's what you're trying to do. You Again, the Chiefs spent the most money on special teams last year between the punter kicker and a long snapper and uh, they were a little over nine million dollars last year between the three and the nfl average is about five million for that position so i'm sure dave Tope's try not to cheap either try to uh try to uh shave a few dollars and get a little bit younger then so peers again appears the the chiefs have signed him which would to me uh kind of open the door for for tommy townsend to go shop another Shop another offer, or they agree to turn. You know who knows? They could agree to terms with Tommy Townsend. Had this guy here, gave him a shot, uh, didn't work out. We're we're bringing back Tommy Townsend. I don't think it closes the door necessarily, but it kind of looks that way. <laughs> kind of looks that way. All right. Um, this falls right in that category for you, Bank. Um, I know Bob and I have discussed a lot of the 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 pending free agents. Bob and I have talked all week as well about Chris Jones or Legarius Sneed. I really thought like a month ago. It was all in on Sneed and Jones walks. Now, suddenly, I feel the opposite. I feel like they're going to try Jones first and try to come up with some kind of, uh, you know, you will remain a chief for your career legacy type deal that, that works within their their parameters. And then they take their chances on luxurious Sneed walking because they've done a really good job of developing um, the, the secondary. Uh, what do you think in that regard? Where do you stand on Jones or Sneed or... I was also told that, you know, both at one point was not out of the question, but it would take a lot of work to to be able to to do both. It would take a lot of work. I mean, certainly making moves like this matter Ariza helps out in that situation. You just don't want to see your team if you get hamstrung. I mean, next year's one thing. Well, what about two years down the road, three years? How much, you know, salary do you want hanging over you? Obviously, Jarius needs a cheaper option if you tagged him and be 18.8 million as opposed to 32 with Chris. And you have to decide, okay. Going forward, who's going to give you the biggest upside? Because that's the one thing. Arrow up, arrow sideways, or arrow down. If the arrow's up, okay. Arrow sideways, not so much. Arrow down, definitely not. You don't want to go that direction. The Royals got in a situation, a sentimental deal with Alex Gordon. And they ended up paying Alex Gordon way too much money after he already got that productivity. Now, do I think Chris Jones matters 100%? Chris Jones dynamic. You play inside and outside and do so many things. But luxurious Sneed, to me, is a must-keep. So, yes, I would take luxurious Sneed over anything. I like the way the guy plays. He bullies other receivers and he doesn't let number one receivers kill you. He doesn't let them hurt you. He means so much to that defense with his versatility. I like him. Obviously he, he's still, you know, 27 years old, still going to get some productivity. So I do look at those type of things. Having them both would be perfect. It'd be the perfect situation, perfect world. But I've, uh, I've been team luxurious Sneed as far as they would give you other money to uh, pay other guys. Yeah. I have been too. I just feel like I just feel like I don't know. The vibe I'm getting now is 
they're gonna they're gonna try to do everything possible to bring back Jones within their parameters. Again, I think I think if Chris Jones wants what Chris Jones wanted last season, then Chris Jones won't be a chief. But if Chris Jones comes back a different agent comes back to the pack and says, "Look, I'll take a little bit of a hometown discount, but I want to finish here." I think there's a chance if he still wants to be maybe the the highest paid defensive lineman or something of that ilk. I don't think still don't think that's going to happen. And then luxurious need as much as I love his versatility bank. And I do think he's, he was awesome this year. You do have McDuffie. You do have, you have Jalen Watson. You have Joshua Williams. You mentioned Nazi Johnson who was also in that draft class. that got hurt. coming. You had a Chamari Connor come on this year. Like they have, they have continued to supplement uh, their secondary where you could be in a situation and go, well, we love luxurious as well, but let's bring up the next guy. Let's go draft another guy. Let's go do this stuff. And they've had a nice track record of being able to do that. Now he's the best interior defensive line. I always felt like he was on the cusp of passing Aaron Donald. I think he did last year. Jones. Like, yeah, yeah, he yeah. did. And really Neil Farrell. What's the only uh, defensive lineman in their contract right now. As far as going forward, there's really a deficiency there. Now they have spent edge rushers in the last two first rounds. Carl Loftus is coming into his own on the outside. He had 10 and a half sacks this year. That's the same as Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa's got the monster contract. But how George much is Carl Loftus had the same sacks? How much is he helped by Chris Jones, right? You, a you, lot you, can, you can make that. A lot can, probably. Uh, Everybody is. Everybody the defensive line, the sacks go up for this team when he's on the field. And then someone points out uh, if you think Jones and Donald are a similar situation. Yeah, they, they pay Donald and then look, you know, like nope. it hasn't quite it hasn't quite worked out. Not saying he's been bad necessarily, but I feel like they paid they paid the Alex Gordon price, right? It was the we pay you for we paying you now for time served and 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 what you have accomplished, but you rather can't than have what you can accomplish, which gets contract. you in trouble. Which you gets you in trouble. Yeah. yeah, you can't have like the top two defensive contract and the quarterback. You know, salary cap. No. You can't have too many good things. All right, we'll play a little yay or nay um, to bring back Willie Gay. I don't think so. I think that. Uh, I think he's uh, come to terms with that, but I think the Chiefs move a different direction. I think he'll get a better offer somewhere else. I do, too. Uh, Drew Tranquil. I think he actually finds a way to get back here. I know it's just a one-year deal, which is really weird. I was shocked when the Chiefs got it. One year, seriously, was it $3 million or something? It was like nothing. That was the deal they got. And I remember saying it back then when he signed here. I was like, this might be Brett Veach's best move this year. Keep an eye on this one because, look, he stepped right in for Nick Bolton. Had the green dot called the plays. He had five sacks last Played year. Played more than you thought he was going to, right? Because you were expecting machine. Nick Bolton's injury. You He's know, great in covering. Yeah. I mean, this Drew Tranquil, a lot, and he loves playing here. Like, he wants to be here, and he's still got a lot of productivity yeah. coming out. All right, uh, running backs, McKinnon, CEH. I think McKinnon uh, could be gone. It's been a luxury. He's 31. It was a luxury. His production, I know he was hurt last year a lot, but, I mean, that kind of that factors is in. what happens. Yeah, yeah. And he did come back on a league minimum the last two years, so it's been great to have him. And he had 500 yards rushing two years ago, and he's a great receiver out of the backfield. And let's not forget, he had nine touchdowns after December, but that was two years ago when they beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. I think he could be gone. Um, I think CEH is definitely gone. I think they should be tasked with finding the next McKinnon. Austin Eckler. Go. F- well, it could be. If Austin Eckler's willing to be. That's. Like, willing to be McKinnon. He, he, listen, the odds, if you look at the odds of Austin Eckler end up here, it's at the bottom. I know that uh, Matt, what, Matt Bowen had him uh, the perfect fit in Kansas City with free agents. I can't think of a better running back that would fit in this system. No, I think he'd be great. The but, way he catches. And, but that's a different role than he's in now. Right? You have to say, 
You saw, you've seen how we use Jarek McKinnon, right? It's not every down. It's third, third down. You want to come play third down here? Unless you draft the Cody Schrader. Right? <laughs> I liken him to Eckler. That'd be fun. Local, local product, right? Be fun. Um, and then I think I know where you stand on the wide receivers. <laughs> but, um, and some of them aren't free agents, but you're making cut decisions. Um, I'm bringing back, obviously, Rice. I'm bringing back Sky Moore. It doesn't cost anything. You're still a draft pick. And everybody else, I'm, I'm retooling that entire that entire room. 100% with you. You get the training camp. All right, Sky, how much did you develop this year? What are you going to show next year? There's no guarantee of anything, but did you develop? This year's your definitive. No we, guarantees. Your definitive, we need to know what you are year. And I thought last year was the, all right, let's find out what you are. Never showed it. Never showed it. So I, I'm I'm buying him one more year. It's it's not it's not very expensive, right? He's still on that rookie deal. Uh, MVS gone. I I don't. I know Kadarius Tony's got one. I'm moving. I'm moving that one. I think the end of the season told me enough. Like, see you. Yeah. And and the he'll be on somebody else's roster. Dot 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 is is, is there with him too. So someone's going to take a gamble on that talent. Uh, but and they they believe he's super talented, but. He'll be on the injury report for them. Yes. Quickly. Yeah. So he'll be somewhere else. At least I would. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not fear of missing out with Kadarius Tony. I'm just not. Um, Justin Ross. I mean, I don't know, maybe he comes back to you. Justin Watson. I wouldn't mind if he were cheap and want to come back. I think Justin Watson fills exactly the type of role you're looking for in a number four wide receiver. Um, so I wouldn't have any problem with that one necessarily, but it's wouldn't also be a, you could find, much like to me, the next Jarek McKinnon, I would task you with finding the next Justin Watson, who has the the ability to to do a number of different things for you. He's never going to be at the top end of your, your depth chart, but he provides a valuable role. If you want to be, if he wants to come back in a role player mode, I don't have a problem with that one either. But um, if you just told me that that it's 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 Rice, and and then I'm bringing back Sky, and then everybody else is 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 new, uh, I don't have a problem with that at all. If she Rice was. Uh... Your number two. Imagine how good your wide receiver room would be if that was your number two receiver instead of one. Right. If yeah. he was, if he was identifiable just as your number two, I'd clean house with the, with that unit, with that group. Bring in a fresh unit there. Uh, definitely, Rice is coming back, and Sky Moore to you know try to make the team up in St. Joe and see what uh, if he developed at all this year. If it all came clear, because you know how good he was coming out, and there's a reason why he was drafted where he was. But uh, yeah, I'd clean house. It'd definitely, I'd draft a receiver, free agent receiver. I would be rebuilding that room. And then just really enjoying what you've gotten from Rasheed Rice, that development. Uh, from the 816, do we still have Jody? Is he ever going to play? I wouldn't count on him. I mean, come on. I, maybe he comes back super cheap and get for Jody Ford. I don't know. Um, someone says Richie James would be the one I might bring back. I don't know. I don't. I find somebody else to return punts. Richie James, I thought, was going to have a, a bigger role. He had you know, 500 yards and four touchdowns with the Giants the year before. I thought, oh, man, I was pretty excited about him. Really didn't pan out. I'd be like, eh. I think you could probably. And this was the year to do it. I thought the middle of the season, I was like, I'd start using him. You could more probably stand back. to upgrade that too. Clearly, he wasn't fitting into more of a wide receiver role here. So I don't need a punt returner. I'll find somebody else to punt return. You know As it I mean? turns out, Rasheed Rice was the addition. And McCall like, Hardman. turns out being Emma, the addition. And McCall Hardman also gone. Yeah, I think like, McCall's done. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of, that's a lot of names. <laughs> hey, they've that's rebuilt a, the offensive line I know. before you that's rebuild a big, the wide receiver room. That's a big reshuffle. What do we see in Sky besides he's cheap? Uh, at this point, nothing. Like 
He used to be dependable. He's your, he's your draft. He's a drafted guy. He's been in your system. You, I think, try to make that one work for one more go around. And, and see, one more go around and see. If he, if he doesn't amount to anything, you, you, you move on. But I don't think there's much harm in bringing back Sky Moore. I mean, he had a chance to be a big-time player for this team. I mean, the wide receiver room was so the thin, whole room he had, had a, a chance. The whole room had a chance. And Rice is the one that seized it. Because early on in the season, Rice didn't have it. He had to grow into that role, and he, then he took it. Rice seized it. Watson did exactly what you needed him to. Watson, yeah! Thank you. He did exactly what you needed him to. He wasn't going to be flashy, whatever. I guess he'd be the, he'd be the third. He'd be my third. If you brought him back, I'd be fine. And then kind of upgrade everywhere else. All right. Uh, Binkley, our draft aficionado, of course. The Character Concerns podcast out each and every week. 610sports.com and the uh, the Odyssey app. Uh, you know my 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 draft. Uh, my draft. My one and only mock draft has Very quarterback 31 heavy. quarterbacks going in the first round. <laughs> And then the Chiefs being able to select Marvin Harrison Jr. at 32. That is my dream. That's my dream board. The board spoke to me, Bank. That's what it would be. Um, but your quarterback hierarchy, can we get can we get 31 drafted before the Chiefs pick? Uh, I, no? I don't think so. Darn it. Darn it. I don't think so. It would have been nice to have uh, Quinn Ewers enter this draft because I think he would have been a guy possibly taken because you want to you, – record for quarterbacks is six back in 1983 when it was Elway – Blackledge, Kelly, Eason, O'Brien, and Marino. Nice. You remember it, off the top of your head? We've seen, we've seen five selected, you know, several times, six times, different times, but six quarterbacks taken then. Could it rival that this year? I don't know. A lot of mocks, four and five quarter. A lot of them have just in top ten. That's what they have. They, even J.J. McCarthy, who didn't put up big numbers towards the end. Early on, he did, but not as much towards the end. He was more serviceable, and it became more running-oriented at Michigan. But he seen a lot of J.J. McCarthy being top 10. The consensus still Caleb Williams, although you will see some Drake May at two, but I've seen some Jane Daniels kind of ahead of, uh, of Drake. Jane Daniels makes some freaky throws, Bank. Like he, intri- that's my favorite quarterback. He intrigues me a Jayden lot. Jaden Daniels is my favorite quarterback yeah. in this draft. He might be mine too. I, I mean, I like any six, four. I mean, he's big. I mean, yeah, I like Penix, but I do. I do worry about the, the injury issues. I think Bo Nix has shown a big lot injury history. He's missed two years yeah. with injuries. Bo Nix has shown a lot in transitioning between for a 40 year old. He's been great <laughs> Two offenses, but there is that. Yeah. That experience factor of things. Is it that this quarterback class is so good or is it just that there's so many teams right now that seemingly are in quarterback flux or worse? There's so many, so many teams need to grab a quarterback. It's the uh, Mahomes-itis, Josh Allen-itis. Hey, if we don't have a quarterback, we're going to compete. If you're in the AFC, you got to have a quarterback. I mean, look at the, I mean, C.J. Stroud down, down in Houston. I mean, just the quality. Lamar Jackson, MVP, Mahomes, Allen. I mean, Aaron Rodgers if, with the Jets. I mean, there's just so many good quarterbacks in the AFC. And I, I like it like Denver. Like, the one good thing about this division is there's no quarterbacks outside Mahomes and Herbert. Because the Raiders, with all they're doing and all the smack talking Antonio Pierce is doing, they get to jump back because they know Connell ain't it. And then with Denver, I liken it to a board game. Remember where you advanced on the board and you almost get to the end of it, then you land on the space that says return to start? I feel that's Denver. <laughs> Retreat two, two spaces or because, whatever? Because, yeah, yeah. Then, because then you got to start over with the quarterback and groom them to be that guy. Is the answer here? I don't know. You know how these quarterbacks are going to work. I remember, you know, you go back to the year Lamar Jackson was taking. He was taking 32nd. I always thought that was way too low for him to go, but some quarterbacks are going to make it. And you know, there's going to be a hell of a lot of quarterbacks that don't make it. I mean, maybe a Caleb Williams makes it. Maybe Jalen Daniels from this group, maybe Penix is okay. And maybe turns into, 
you know, a serviceable quarterback four years down the road or take a while like Geno Smith did where it took him a while, you know, for teams to trust him. Uh, Drake May, maybe he's a bust. Maybe he's a star. I mean, I don't know. Sam Howe looked good last year at times. He was leading the NFL in yardage. Then he came back to earth. But you know there's going to be misses, and that's okay because you have this. Like Arizona, they go ahead and get Josh Rosen. Didn't work out, boom. They quickly go to Kyler Murray. We see more and more of these teams getting Kenny Pickett. I mean, is that the answer in Pittsburgh? I mean, it's not looking like it. He was the only quarterback taken in the first round when he was taken. But teams are throwing more darts, but they're getting away from the quarterback quickly. When you don't realize he's not the guy, they back up and go a different direction. This year could be three, maybe in the first round that I think we'll look at in a couple years saying, all right, they were good picks. Because we don't even know about Bryce Young right now. Because right now it looks like C.J. Stroud was the was the truth as far as quarterbacks that were taken. But you got to hit on it. It's amazing that teams miss as much as they do. Like Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl, it's just weird thinking how much time and energy teams put on the quarterback. They put more emphasis on that than anything else from the combine to the visits to the talking to coaches to girlfriends. I you know, understanding the guy. It's amazing that a guy that took a team to a Super Bowl goes in the seventh round mm-hmm. where he did. Like That just doesn't happen in the NFL where teams miss on guys. And, and hell, San Francisco missed on him a ton too. He wouldn't give me the start this year if Tom Brady ended up back in Frisco. But that's amazing how that story ended up with him taking a team to a Super Bowl, considering all the misses and all the emphasis teams put on quarterbacks. And I'm glad that they have gone to that route too, because that's that's what I always said when when people were lamenting like the Chiefs. Now, oh man, we went down to 30 years to get draft. You can draft quarterbacks all the time. You can get away from quarterbacks all the time, just like you can any other draft pick. And if you miss at another draft pick, you're just going to go get another. Like if you miss a defensive tackle. Two years later, you go get another defensive tackle. Quarterbacks have been so reticent to do that. I'm glad that they actually will do that now. Like, if it's not your guy, bolt. Like, just the Justin Fields debate is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You you, you don't think he's your guy, and he's a you're gonna have to pay him next year after next year. So right? Some guys resurrect themselves, right? like Mayfield. He went Cleveland said, "Right, that's not our guy." That's fine, but he's if, fine if, in if, life. If, in if Tampa. Chicago, he's he's not your guy, and you don't have any intention of paying him. Well, it's a no-brainer. You're going Caleb Williams. Like I'm with you, Clay. You're buying. You're buying two and a half more years by just trying something different. Um, and then the misses is, is is amazing to me sometimes too. Still, one of the biggest misses I think is Mac Jones. I cannot believe. Now, I, I'm I'm not saying I thought he was good and he didn't make it, but Bill Belichick has a direct pipe. No more direct pipeline to a college program that he did to That's Nick Saban in Alabama. You know what I mean? Like there's no direct link. And that one was a bust. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you're like scratching your head going, how did in the world did they miss uh, on these? And you're, you're right. They spent, I mean, how'd you, how could you not spend more time than anything researching uh, quarterbacks and to have these be such a problem? You don't like you're probably three best players in the draft wouldn't necessarily be quarterbacks, but you know, top two of three or three of four are going to be QBs, but you don't even think they're the best players this year, right? This is just a grab, a grab quarterback because you need quarterback. Yeah, I think that the you know the Marvin Harrison Jr. I think is more talented than Caleb Williams. Matter of fact, if I was to say, all right, who's going See, to be? Think, a, who, I think he's only thirty second talented but guy who, in the draft. If I was to say, <laughs> if I was to ask you or Nathan, can continue to who's a better one. chance to be in the NFL Hall of Fame when it's all said and done in Canton, Ohio? Marvin Harrison or Caleb Williams? Marvin Harrison. There you go. Brock Powers, my dude. There is no better selection, I think, for the Chiefs than Brock Powers. Not going to happen, but 
that's the one I'd want. He won't slip to 32 either. You know what? I, I saw Daniel Jeremiah had him slipping all the way to 18th with, yeah. the, with the Bengals, which I hate the fact that him and, and he Cincinnati. admitted he hated it though. When his pick, he's like, he's like, yeah. he's like, this is never going to happen. But I, I wish I, you know, he was like, he'd be cool in the Cincinnati offense. But, but there's a lot of mocks though that have him go number five. I'm going five to the Chargers. Bowers. Like it that. just makes sense for Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers to have him. I don't like that. Which I don't like it either. But it's going to happen. It's it's like it's uh, Bowers is too good, and I think teams are going to regret passing on him if that's what they do. But I've seen even a lot of mocks of five, and the Chargers almost screwed that up by beating the Bills uh, on that uh, Peacock game. Where they all, remember they took him down to the wire after being mm-hmm, sixty three mm-hmm. balls by the Raiders. They almost cost themselves like seven selections in the draft. That's why when they fired Brandon Staley, it's what drove me nuts. It's like keep him there. He's terrible. You want draft picks, man. When it's that close and the teams quit on you, keep your coach there. Don't get an interim coach because them teams sometimes play for that guy. <laughs> Just keep tanking away, man. That yeah, is a bad move. You yeah. almost cost yourself Brock Bowers, in my opinion. Well, I wouldn't. Then I then now I really wish they did. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, there's just no such thing as a good Johnny Manziel story. Just speaking of misses, right? We'll get to that next. Discussing quarterbacks in the uh, the last segment, we'll do it of a, of a different vein this go round. But um, Jay, there was once upon a time that we all coveted quarterbacks in the draft ahead of you know the the Chiefs finally doing it with with Mahomes, right? It was kind of like a yearly, it's kind of a yearly pining, right? My 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 Geno Smith affection is well documented. Doesn't that feel um, good there to have your quarterback though? And then oh gosh, it's, it out it's like so awesome! It's so awesome watching these other teams like oh. fret around with with whoever and take misses and whatever. But there was a time where I wanted Johnny Manziel to be a chief. That draft, you remember that draft? Remember there was, well. There was an opportunity there, and you're like, oh my gosh, so you get Johnny Manziel here again. And Chiefs got D Ford right behind him. Correct. He almost fell to the Chiefs. Almost fell the Chiefs, and I, I wonder, oh, if that would have been the case. But in terms of like being okay with a miss, I think Johnny Manziel would be uh, would be that one. You know, you know what's funny about the Johnny Manziel? You remember John Dorsey? He used to invite the media every once in a while, and he had two different sessions where he talked about the draft and how they go about doing the draft. I don't. Know, I went mm-hmm, to that. Mm-hmm. I went to that for two years, and Johnny Manziel. It was cool. It's kind of the behind the. They kind of, yeah. kind of gave us a behind the scenes. Here's yeah. Here's our philosophy. Here's what we go through things. It was kind of. It was kind of fun. Yeah. It was fun watching him watch pro days because he wasn't really watching the players. Sometimes he's just watching who was there watching them. Like, did they send the GM? Did they send the position coach? Who did they send to? Because you got to try to figure out who, how interest. much somebody likes somebody, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing. That's why I thought Mike Mayock may work out for the Raiders more than he did because he didn't work out at all because he knows tendencies and how people draft. But I'll never forget, he always would show film of people that they had no no interest in drafting, right? Because this is before the draft. And one of the guys was Johnny Menzel. You know, and who do you watch him play? You watch him play Alabama. You watch him play the good teams. You know, Gosh, he was fun, wasn't he? But anyway, it was funny because they had no intention of drafting him. But then all of a sudden, 
Johnny almost ended up to the Chiefs. So I never <laughs> watching the draft that year, thinking about Dorsey and that whole and how that whole uh, draft thing went, and the fact that Johnny almost ended up a Chief. Oh, I don't know if they would have taken him or not, but they did go D Ford there. So I don't know. I don't know. So uh, another, another. I, I think someone. I don't know who. I don't know who someone is, but someone has has come up with a way for me to say Club Shay Shay on the air a number of times on the show because you think it's funny, right? You think it's funny hearing me say have to say Club Shay Shay. But anyway, uh, Johnny Manziel was on Shannon Sharp's podcast, and Shay Shay. It was well if you saw the the. Any of the documentaries and that most was a Netflix that had the most recent one where he kind of talked about all the partying, and whatever. And basically he was, you know, he was taking money from wherever it came. He was pre pre NIL brokering deals, pre NIL. He was just doing whatever and obviously got got himself way out over his skis. Um, but he mentioned that was sharp that after he was released by Cleveland, like things didn't stop. I was 210 pounds when I left Cleveland. I was 170 pounds sitting in Vegas that August, that September, October, whatever it was later in that year. 40? How you lose 40 pounds? You're on a strict diet of blow. Yeah, no story of Johnny Menzel's ever good. He went on the party circuit. He obviously was doing a lot of drugs, as he said there. Dropped 40 pounds, looked completely out of shape, and just ruined his playing career. Like, just ruined his playing career. It wasn't going well in Cleveland and was, I suppose, everybody probably in NFL circles knew everything was going on behind the scenes, probably more so than it was public. And very much a reason he never even got a second second chance beyond, uh, you know, playing some of those random indoor leagues or, or whatever. Talk about a, like a wasted, just an absolute wasted potential and career. That, that was guy, a horrible year for court. Blake Bortles went ahead of him. He was the quarterback that went ahead of him. Jimmy Garoppolo was in that. The best quarterback in the draft is probably Derek Carr. He didn't go to the second. Yeah. The Bortles and Vanzel were the only first round quarterbacks that year. It's a bad that's a bad quarterback draft. It's a it's a really bad Aaron Donald went that draft too, by the way. <laughs> non quarterbacks. Yeah, but Jimmy G with Teddy Bridgewater was in that group. Yeah, Bridgewater was okay. I mean, a journeyman quarterback. But Manziel, boy, talking about missing, talk, talk about missing a, a, a bust. Whew, I'm good with that. Didn't work. Partied. Heck, the story's dating back to Texas A&M, if you hear. Like, they kept him, they kept him employed. Well, that's what teams doing their homework <laughs> they, helps when you talk to They him. kept him in college, and they covered for him then. It, it, was, it was kind of wrong for the jump. But, boy, he was exciting to watch on the field, wasn't he, in college? Yeah, 100%, but Man. he gained that fame too fast. It's kind of like the childhood actors, right? They're real popular then, and then those, who knows what happens to them because a lot of times it's not good yeah. how it ends up with them. But did Cleveland do their homework? He I needed, mean, did they talk to people? I got, did they, I got it, Jay. He needed you in the pre-draft process to tell him to stay off the crack. <laughs> that would have been good. Jay's, Jay's, Don't get a crack, Evan. Jay's famous advice to a to an aspiring model. Yeah, that's great advice. Tell her to to not do crack. So you, you, you needed, needed you to have uh, Johnny Manziel. Uh, interesting uh, poll, and I guess this would probably indicate a little bit of the age maybe of of people using uh, Twitter. So – a, a Twitter info map, which is where they basically kind of go around and, and observe tweets and determine whether or not, you know, things are based on such kind of kind of kind of informal polling. Did a recent study 
that suggests NFL fans are not ready to crown Patrick Mahomes the GOAT just yet. According to betonline.ag, using a sampling of the word GOAT or hashtag GOAT, 50 states, 27 of them, have selected Tom Brady as the GOAT. Patrick Mahomes has just seven states, including Kansas and Missouri, uh, Nebraska and Oklahoma, Arkansas and Hawaii and Texas. Peyton Manning still has 10 states. Joe Montana, just two. That's the one that maybe struck me less so than Mahomes was trailing Brady by a lot because I think Brady's like California and Indiana, California and Nevada. And I was thinking this was maybe just also maybe told you some of the age demographic, maybe being a little bit younger <laughs> than the Montana crowd. I feel like I feel like we've almost entered the age where you have to defend Montana now. You're like, you guys didn't realize how good Montana was. I keep telling people too, if the if you have the if you still have the Peacock from getting the one playoff game, another unsolicited Peacock plug is to go watch that Montana documentary and uh, and watch some of the throws he was making and the plays he was making. And he was very Mahomes-ish. And uh, I feel like the the further and further we're getting away from Montana now, the less the less the most respect that, that he is getting. He was a, an outstanding, outstanding quarterback. Well, Mahomes already has 15 playoff wins. It's, it took Brady what... Uh... Couple years past when Mahomes is twenty eight, he got his fourth Super Bowl ring. Brady did when he's thirty seven. Mahomes got three at twenty eight. Let me ask you this: If you think this is far fetched, hear me out on this. All right, this is kind of hot takey, but so Mahomes with three Super Bowl wins, uh-huh. Brady with seven. Uh-huh. Obviously, that game where Deep Ford was lined up offsides, Brady goes on and gets another ring. Say that never happens. So he's got six, and Mahomes has three. Let's say Mahomes. Well, no, but the Chiefs are going to go on, and they, so they'd have four. So okay, so because so, the Chiefs were every yeah. new, every new they're winning that game, and winning the Super Bowl is like a given. Because the Rams weren't <laughs> very good in that Super Bowl. There was a different Rams team they played earlier that year, weren't they? Because they barely scored yeah. against the Patriots. Yeah. All right, so, so say we, Mahomes. I think we, we, all, we all played under the assumption okay. that if they weren't offsides, they go to the Super Bowl okay. and win, right? So okay. that's that's four. We can take that leap. Why not? That's four and six. Okay, and then the deciding factor between six and four was the head-to-head matchup in the Super Bowl. Which clearly Tampa won that game. They blew them out. But mm-hmm. had they just think about this: how fine line it comes down to one game, a couple of games if you want to count that D four offsides. Think about it being tied up at five five. That's not out of the realm of possibility. That's not you know fantasy land or whatever. That it was that close to these guys being tied at five Super Bowls each. If those things happen again, playing them head to the Super Bowl, it's a two game swing. It's a two-game swing. Brady got his. Mahomes did not get his. But think if Mahomes got his and Brady didn't. That's how close those guys are to having yeah, five yeah. each. Yeah. And again, Brady didn't get four till 37. But there is damn feasible to think that they could have the same amount right now. A lot of fans and butts. There. There, there is. Yeah. 100% there is. I'm just saying it's not as far-fetched as you want to believe. Well, when you get kind of into like the, the age-old like college football thing at the end of the year about – well, is their one loss better than the other team's loss, right? So if, if Mahomes has only lost to Brady in the Super Bowl and goes on to win five or six, it's like, well, Brady lost three of these to Manning and Foles and whoever else. Do you do you give Mahomes a little more credit 
if he is at the end of his career sitting there with one less ring, and you're like, well, he, one of his losses was one of Brady's rings itself. So even if you take that Super Bowl away where Dee Ford was offside, I do believe Chiefs obviously they would have gone to the Super Bowl in that case, and Brady wouldn't have an extra ring. Sure. So that would be now six. And then the deciding factor would have been head-to-head on those two quarterbacks. So I'm just saying it's it's not as – it's not like, oh, it's impossible to catch. Well, it could have already been there, <laughs> like yeah. very easily. I think the conversation's down to the two of them, and I think Joe Montana is the only other one that, that deserves a mention in the conversation. The fact that Peyton Manning has won any states at all, let alone 10, I think is what Kling said, I think that's a little, a little far-fetched. Yeah, it is kind of crazy. I mean, it's – a lot of, you know, around Indiana and Illinois and Kentucky. and Brady was uh, 34 years old when he got his 16th playoff win. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes is going to smash through all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. But it's, it's, it's not. I mean, yeah, it's a bit hot takey because it would have, could have, should have. But no, losing it's, to him in the Super Bowl, that's a two-game swing. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, a two-Super yeah, yeah. Bowl swing, yeah, one and game. And permanent scoreboard you just can't ever get back. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's two, the other part of it, too. It's, it's like, a two-game swing. You, they could always go, hmm, head-to-head. Mm. But the whole impossible to catch Brady and all that, well, I mean, if things, football goes one way or the other, maybe they're tied at this point, which is insane. Speaking of far-fetched, let's look into our crystal ball ahead to next season. Little little breakout opportunity. We'll discuss next. Back in on a Friday, Jay Binkley joining me today, Josh Klingler, Nathan Williams producing today. We have Royals baseball this afternoon. How about that? Sure sign of spring. That's fun to say, isn't it? Royals, Royals baseball. Out of 100, out of the next 220 days, the Royals play 195 of those. Settle down, Nathan. That sounds, like a, sounds like a lot of baseball. I was, so telling Bink, I was telling Bink during the break, this afternoon... On, on X, we're going to get a clip of somebody hitting a home run, and the crack of that bat oh, is going to fuel us for the yes. next couple of weeks. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I can't wait. You yeah. know what my idea was, and maybe you disagree with it, modern technology, right? We're, we're, we're at the point now where – I don't disagree with modern technology. It seems like we're going backwards sometimes when it comes to the streaming thing instead of going forward where we have remote controls where we have to thumb up and down instead of just pushing the number of the channel. But anyway, we're going backwards. <laughs> but – I want the MLB app because I want MLB to start thinking outside the box, which I think they have with the draft and other things they're doing. And the rules are going forward for Major League Baseball. The one I want to see is you get five guys or three, three to five, whatever you want, and you get to see every at bat. That means on your cell phone. You can just pick your five guys. You get to pick your five. It means like you're on your cell phone and say, Bobby Wood Jr. coming to the plate for the Royals. Like, Bobby, what's your guy? So that way – Boom, you see live audio so instead of going a, back. That's smart. And so, yeah. you know, you buy the subscription for it or whatever, but you get or show Iwatani. Like every time they come to the plate, you get an alert, alert on your cell phone, Bobby Witt's at the plate. And then you, then you watch because everybody's get, got things to do or whatever. Will they, give you, will they give you the video of his at bat? You watch just the video live of his at of bat. His you're at not bat, watching then the they game. Cut, then they cut out. Okay. No, you're just watching the at bat for Bobby Witt, but the at bat. So it's like the, bat. the Barry Bonds home run chase that one year where yeah. they just kept ESPN to cut in whenever he was at bat. But no matter where you're at the grocery store, yeah, out yeah. to dinner, whatever, be, you get the alert. Cool that Bobby like Witt Jr. is up to the plate. That'd be cool. And then we don't feel like you're missing it. And that way you're still consuming yeah. the product and they're making a subscription fee. That just seems so easy to me. And you could put a, like a super low amount on that one. And then, and then give you, hey, you like this? You can buy this subscription package. I think MLB TV does a great job. It's the the problem is the, there's the local blackouts. Like they've got the system. That's the, that's the hard part of this too. They have the system in place to give you every game, including your local ones. No, that's they fine. just haven't taken taken away that that blackout. But if you're going to dinner, because I pay watch the whole game. But I but I'd pay. I, I've always said I'd pay that fee. The the MLB TV yeah. subscription rate if you gave me my home games. 
If you gave me my Kansas City games, I'd buy it. I'd buy the whole thing. 180 bucks or whatever, here it is. Boom. Take it. Um, the, the fact they make it so hard to jump through those hoops uh, because of the the local blackout restrictions kind of still still makes me mad. But I like I like your plan. Just buy a buy a player. Here's your here's yeah. your here's your fantasy list, and uh, you get every at bat. Right MLB Network That'd be was cool. doing kind of a red zone type thing, which is pretty cool. When MLB Network did that, mm-hmm. I'm just saying if you're busy, you're going out to dinner, or whatever. You don't you don't have time to sit there and watch the whole game. You don't have to sit there and flip back and forth. Hey, when the Royals coming up to play, when's Bobby Witt Jr. have a chance to bat this inning? Oh, and Bobby Witt comes up, boom, you got Bobby. Hmm. That's not a bad plan. I like inventing other ideas for others to capitalize on. Yeah, me too. That's, that happens to be one of them uh, uh, for you. All right. Write me a contract, Nathan. ESPN uh, ran a little uh, 2024 NFL predictions piece. Yeah. Okay. You're going to hate their Super Bowl picks, but just bear with it. Who's your early Super Bowl pick? <laughs> Matt Bowen took Packers over Bengals. Mike Clay, their fantasy football guy, took Lions over Texans. Jeremy Fowler took Bills over Rams. Dan Graziano, Bengals over Lions. Matt Miller, NFL draft analyst, lives in the in the Kansas City area. Smart one here. Chiefs over Packers, he took. said, just like last year. Uh, another of their fantasy football writers, Eric Moody, took did take Chiefs over Packers. Uh, Jordan Reed, NFL draft analyst, did take Chiefs over Lions. Mike Tannenbaum, Lions over Chargers. Uh, Lindsey Theory, Chiefs over Lions. Seth Walder, sports analytics writer, Niners over Bills, Field Yates, one-time Todd Haley uh, Bobo, now NFL analyst, did take Chiefs over Rams. So uh, about half of them did actually have the the, the Chiefs going. There's a lot uh, of Lions, but but we saw some Chargers mixed in there. The Lions Lions to me have that chance, though. That's that one team that, man, that's your jumping off point or it's your crusher. Like you're you're not back again. You're not back to that stage ever again. Like Dan Campbell said, it's hard to get here. You never know if you're going to be here again. They could, I think they have a lot of boomer bust in them. It's just, you would think you'd go with the odds. Like the odds are, Hey, this chief team's loaded. This chief team's won two in a row. They got Mahomes. Let's just be right on this. And let's go Mahomes. Now the MVP pick, I thought was interesting. I thought that was more when they had these experts get their uh, MVP picks for next season. Bowen, Jordan Love, Clay, Josh Allen, Fowler, Justin Herbert. Graziano, C.J. Stroud, Joe Burrow from Moody, Reed, C.J. Stroud, Tannenbaum, Justin Herbert, Theory, Jordan Loves, Jordan Love too, Matt Miller, of course, lifelong Chiefs fan. Why has Patrick well. Mahomes? Just, just. But it's just funny. He that, takes Patrick Mahomes. He's like, why would I go anywhere else right now? Come on. Like, how can this team, the Chiefs team, and I brought it up before at nights, Kling. I don't think I've done it here, but the NFL awards. I don't know if you watch that. It's like 13 years running. It's like the. Uh, it's, it's where they do the AP awards. They give an offensive player of the year. They, they don't vote on it themselves. They give the awards out that others have voted for. The MVP vote and everything else. Assistant coach of the year, coach of the year and all that. Do you know what chief was not a finalist in anything? Not a coach of the year, not assistant coach of the year, meaning Spags wouldn't even mention. Mm-hmm. Offensive player of the year. They win the Super Bowl with nobody. It's funny these assistant Nobody coaches. Fi- nobody's a finalist even. Ha- yeah. No, not even yeah. a finalist. It's yeah. funny because half these assistant coaches, the Chiefs beat in the playoffs. And I understand they vote early, but you shouldn't. You should always wait. Till the- it's like Ned Yost didn't even sniff manager of the year. You're telling me he wasn't manager of the year in 14 or 15? Didn't even sniff it because they voted too early before they wait. Like, hurry up and, and, and vote. But the Chiefs didn't have anybody 
in, in the finals for that and still win the Super Bowl. That just show I you. I take that every year. Every Did time. show you what kind of team? Yeah. I don't it, care. I don't care how want? many MVP. I don't care how many MVPs Mahomes wins. No. <laughs> At just this point, me, you don't care. Just give me the At one point, we titles. cared about this. It was individual yeah, success. Yeah, it's yeah. like when the Royals would hit a home run think, in the All-Star game. You think Ravens fans are like, well, but uh, Lamar's been MVP twice, you know? Oh, good for him. That's nice. How many Lombardis? None. Okay. Would you rather have that? Yeah, absolutely. But no, as far as the recognition is concerned, yeah, it's, it's some, sometimes it is a joke. Look, I didn't think Mahomes should have been in the MVP race this year. Oh. I, I, I frankly thought. There were better players than quarterbacks this year that should have gotten better. This could have been the year I, I'd have probably given the MVP to a non-quarterback um, and, and, and got rid of uh, that uh, trend. Uh, this year was probably the year to, to do that. But Well, Coach of the Year, Andy Reid, what even mentioned. Never is going to be, which is which is silly. And yeah. which is funny. We, we, you might easy, still have my easy argument. Well, it's because they weren't good the year before. Well, San Francisco, Shanahan was fourth. McDermott finished 11th. And Andy wasn't even in the top 11. You're always going to get all. you're they, always going to get more credit for taking a team that really sucks and making them good than you are for taking good. a good team and making them great. Frisco was already in the uh, yeah, yeah. NFC title game yeah, last year. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so they're looking at some uh, some early uh, projections and breakout candidates as well. We won't kind of run through those, but some of my early Chiefs ones this year. Um, I think Rashi Rice has a this was his jump off season. I think he goes for 1200, 1200 yards feels right to me next year. Bank. I'm going to go twelve hundred yards and 11 touchdowns for Rashi Rice next season. I'm with you on the 1,200 yards. I think that's really obtainable for him. It depends on, you know, if they rest on that last game because that's a difference in about 100 yards, you know, getting that last game in there, if they already have it wrapped up or not. But I'm with you on the 1,200 yards. Touchdowns, staying with seven or eight. Not going to go. I mean, double-digit touchdowns is tough. I'll give you that. Yeah, it's tough to do. I think uh, think Kelsey gets back over 1,000 yards. Me too. I had that one uh, going over a thousand yards. I know I've been predicting this one for a while and it hasn't come to fruition. The, the last time was that Trent McDuffie was going to get a pick six in the Super Bowl. It still hasn't happened, but uh, Trent McDuffie finally gets his first interception and like three more. I'm going to have him for four picks next year. How about that? How many sacks? He had three this year. Oh boy. Two. Yeah. Two. couple. Two. I have, a I mean, it, it, dep- it depends too. I think I got to right? check over a thousand. McDuffie yeah. might have less sacks yeah. if he's, Forced to not blitz as much because they they That's they don't the have le- they don't have luxurious need. Sneed so, used yeah. to blitz all the time and yeah. get sacks, but yeah. you know, he kind of backed off that because it's right. been McDuffie. So now does McDuffie? You know, if they don't have luxurious need, he has to be more of the I got to stay in coverage all the time guy. Maybe that has less sacks. I don't know. And then uh, George Karloftis goes to the Pro Bowl or is selected for the Pro Bowl. I should say he's not going to go because they're going to be playing in the in the Super Bowl again. That's you know, we we just like to be nominated. We don't like to go to those things. Uh, just, just, just an honor to be nominated. So I have Karloftis being a pro bowler. I have Karloftis getting to the 12 sack plateau because I think he just keeps climbing. and cl- It's like Salvador Perez in his home runs. Like for seven years, kept going up in home runs. He had 10 and a half sacks this last year. Again, I, he tied Bosa last year with 10 and a half sacks. I think he grows. took Crosby a couple years, you know, to, to hit that mark. I think 12 sacks and above for Karloftis at this point. I think he's gotten to that point in his career where you can count on 12 sacks from Karloftis. And he'll be entering the... Uh... The get paid category, both McDuffie and and Karloftis. Again, don't watch, you know, watch out now because their success is going to mean you're going to have to pay these pay these guys. Uh, but they're going to be they're going to be worth it uh, heading into what next year will be year three. Uh, they'll both, of course, have five year option type guys at, as first round picks. So 
Um, you do have some some backing there, but they're gonna they're gonna be earning it here very very quickly. Anything else you got in the projection category for next year? I'd Pacheco over Thal. That's an easy one because he, okay. he didn't quite get it this year. Get it this but year. again, I think he gets it this year. And I think it's a no brainer. I think that he will take more of the bulk of the carry. So it would be Pacheco over a thousand yards. In and that would be for him as well. Year three, right? Yeah, and I mean it's it's probably an easy obtainable. It's a very obtainable thing I think for Pacheco to get to a thousand. And then year four, he plays. And then year five, they're looking for somebody else. Find them. Are you in that camp? Find one of the six or seven. I know. know. Isaiah Pacheco, poor poor guy. Uh, Great talent, wrong position these days in the the, uh, the NFL. Uh, We know Bakley's favorite position is offensive line. So, you know, it it was only going to be a matter of time until we got the offensive line today in his draft prospectus. I'll, I'll, I'll ask him the question, Joe Alt, and then who? We'll get to that next. It was only going to be a matter of time on the show today as we're kind of running through a lot of uh, positions of the draft. Talking a little draft today with Jay Bankley, who's in today with me. And uh, it was only a matter of time before we got to uh, his his guys, the uh, the offensive line guys. Wait until 922, Bank, to ask you about offensive linemen. I know you're probably mad about that. Um, Joe Alt won't fall to the Chiefs at 32 either, right? Uh, offensive tackle from uh, from Notre Dame and Chiefs, a Chiefs legacy. It would be a Chiefs legacy pick. Yeah, it'd be um, perfect, wouldn't it? John Alt's son, uh, Joe, probably won't be available at, at, at 32, but he looks like he's probably the best lineman out there, huh? Yeah, I think him and Fashanu, uh, Fashanu from uh, Penn State, probably one and two as far as the t- Fuaga from Oregon State, top three tackles. And I think they're going to go early. I think you're going to see maybe – Five tackles get drafted in the first round. Maybe Mims towards the end of it. J.C. Latham from Alabama. So that's good. Like, that's good for the Chiefs picking where they're picking because I don't see them going offensive line in the first round. Some might see that's the direction because there is left tackle situation that's necessary. Um, a couple centers that I, I believe will uh, be drafted, in the well, at least one in the first round with uh, Jackson Power Johnson's from Oregon. He's a first-rounder. And then, of course, uh, maybe – and the other good one, Zach Frazier from West Virginia. So he's probably second round, but you know, he could get five, six, seven offensive linemen in the first round, which I think is you know good for the Chiefs picking 32nd because all of a sudden you have, all right, if five quarterbacks are taken and if seven offensive linemen are taken, you know, that's 12 spots right there. And then there's all of a sudden 20 players um, out of the pool that the Chiefs would grab. And then you take the edge rushers out, like a Dallas Turner, Jordan Verse, take those guys out. And all of a sudden, but I think a good offensive line, because offensive line tackle is really good in this draft. A lot of right tackles, but of course you can move them over to the other side. Seen that uh, with Wanya Morris, he played left and right in college. But um, there could be some tackle options at the end. If that's where you're dead set and, hey, the Chiefs have to go offensive line at the end, you could get a guy. Tyler Guyton, I really like out of Oklahoma, but Oklahoma offensive lineman. They were Lando Brown from there, Creed Humphrey from there, Wanya Morris from there. They've had good luck at Oklahoma. I'm curious if they need to go tackle. And just bear with me because I know a bunch of you going, wait a minute, we saw this tackle thing be a problem all season long. You saw a little bit of Wanya Morris, right, as a starter. He started four games. Yeah. 
if the Chiefs in that evaluation say he's going to play left tackle for us, then you don't need to do anything this year, really, other than build for depth. Um, to me, if you don't think Wanya Morris is a starter, then it's free agent. I'm not a big fan of the 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 Tyron Smith Dallas Cowboy rumor or the 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 pegging of of him coming to Kansas. Misses too many games. Yeah, and he's 33. Or like, uh, I I think you if he's not your starter, then I would do free agent. I don't necessarily. I wouldn't draft a first round left tackle. And then force him into the mix. You know what I mean? If Wanya Morris can do it, if you if you saw enough to say, no, Wanya's our guy, let's do it. I think the days of uh Juwan Taylor moving to left, if, if you weren't gonna do that last year, you're not you're not doing that, right? He's your right tackle. Does it look like you've overspent at right tackle? Maybe, but the Chiefs have also done that. They're not afraid to spend at right tackle. Mitchell Schwartz was a very, I mean, well compensated right tackle. It was fine. Like uh you need to get that left tackle as well. You did spend a lot on the right side. Like Juwan Taylor is your right tackle. He's he's contractually, I think your right tackle. I think you've, you're not moving him to left. Your decision is is Wanya Morris good enough to be the starter at left tackle for me anyway? That you don't have to make the move. Do you have to make a future move? Possibly so. I think you need to prepare for the next guard after Joe Tooney, right? I'm not saying you draft a guard in the first round, but I'm saying guard will be something that may come up sooner rather than later. Unless you said Creed Humphrey's the guard and then draft center. I'm glad you brought that up because Bob and I were talking about that yesterday. I said, what about that? If you're because Creed snaps weren't that not just the Super Bowl, but there's times where like, wow, his snaps aren't that great. We saw him play a smidgen at guard in the in week 18. Ambidextrous uh, snapper. Yeah, could you could you have him slide to guard and then draft a center? I'm I'm with you. That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But you do have to prepare for interior offensive linemen. Maybe you get to a a spot as well where you're not paying both of those guys. Right. Budget budget questions are always going to be an issue for the Chiefs. Right. How are you going to accommodate? Well, if both of those guys come up. Maybe you get a situation where you're not paying both Creed and Trey Smith. And you have to make a decision. So I think interior line is something you can't forget. You're not drafting for need of a starter right now, but a a couple years down the road, you may need you may need some uh, some guard play too. And the one thing too with Juwan Taylor, remember initially it was like this could be your left tackle. Like, okay. Or he could he could translate to left tackle. But it looked like at the beginning it was going to yeah, be it. Yeah. They realized quickly that wasn't going to happen. And he's, then all of a sudden, he's a right tackle. Now. Then Donovan Smith came out of the blue. Yeah. Oh, you have a chance to go get Donovan Smith. Yeah. Okay, this yeah. guy, he might have a, more of a down year the year before, but he's been a very good tackle, a left tackle in the NFL up until then. So they, they brought in Donovan for the year because they didn't trust Juwan Taylor. I don't think they really want Juwan Taylor to switch footwork and go to that. I don't think side. so either, right? And I think Wyatt that's Morris, done. To me, was the key guy on the Chiefs when he got to play. You what? Because Andy Reid doesn't go rookie left tackle very often. And then we talk about what receivers do at rookies and how Rasheed Rice kind of exceeded expectations for rookies. It's just like his, his backup quarterback philosophy. He likes the Blaine Gabberts of the world, the Chad Henneys of the world. He likes guys like that, guys that have played in the NFL. So if you need him in a situation, you don't need him for a whole game, but if you need him in a situation, they can take 98 yards like Chad Henney did against the Jaguars in the playoffs. But he showed some trust putting Wanye out there as a rookie. 
and then he started four games. I thought that was key to see what his development was going to be, to see if it really solidified what the Chiefs are able to do in the first round or not, yeah. like get that tackle, like yeah. you said. Yeah, and uh, and I and don't he know. He did a decent job. And I, I think it looked okay. I'm not an offensive line guru, right? I, I They're the ones that have to make the analysis. I'm, I'm, I am curious to see which which direction they go because if I think if he showed you enough – Playing a left tackle all year. Let's go. Like, and it helps you know, your head coach as a former line coach. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not going to – yeah, I'm not – you got Andy Reid and Andy Heck. Uh, I'm not going to make the assessments for them, but I'll trust your judgment on it. If they think he can play, then let's go. He's the, he's a left tackle, and you don't have an offensive line, quote-unquote, need heading into uh, next season. You're just maybe building for depth. Or just get somebody serviceable, a veteran that's been around that you bring yeah, in, that's like what a I Donovan would do. Smith type deal. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I would do if you're gonna do if you're gonna do that again. Do behind that again. Wanye, you want to start Wanye? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. agree. Yeah, and then have a uh, maybe it's a bad example, but an Andrew Wiley type. You know that guy that's played a little bit and can bring back Nick Allegretti once again. You know uh, the the tackles, well the tackles of Nick Alle- the the Nick Allegretti at a tackle of tackles. That makes sense. Allegretti could be a guy you bring back too to. to that you don't draft uh, an interior offensive lineman this year and you still have Allegretti as kind of your do-everything Swiss Army knife kind and of And he can snap. He can. He could play center. Um, you know, I'm I'm assuming Tooney's going to be ready to go. But also, you got to be thinking about he's got, what, one more year probably? And then he's probably done. So you can't forget about that spot, uh, at least moving forward. Uh, this from the disturbing department to me. Um can't we just leave? I mean, oftentimes, like, leave kids to be kids. And I know he's entering the adulthood here, but um, Tiger's kid, Charlie Woods, was trying to qualify for a, a PGA Tour event uh, yesterday in, in Palm Beach, Florida, 15 years old. Um, ended up not not qualifying. Shot like an 86 in the first round, too. Um, but this was according to the Palm Beach Post that said that fans were a problem. Fans were a problem uh, following around the 15-year-old son of Tiger. As a frustrated Woods made his way up the fairway, spectators began to realize that there were no ropes to bar them from the course. In turn, they walked uh, up and very close to Woods on the fairway, ignoring repeated requests from tournament officials to stay on the cart path. One disgruntled fan asked one official, Who are you, the fire marshal? And they went on to say that Woods was walking off uh, the 12th green. A fan approached him with a pen and a copy of Tiger's book, How I Play Golf, and demanded that son Charlie sign the book. When an official told the fan it wasn't allowed, she made a commotion of shushes and yells, including, I live here, as Woods teed off on number 13. (laughs) They did uh, eventually have a security detail for him which include a sheriff's deputy to shepherd him then around the later portions of the course we're really hassling the 15 year old son of tiger woods on the golf course people come on do better i don't think there'd be a harder father to follow than charlie woods since jeffrey jordan yeah, as far as expectations <laughs> as far as expectations yeah because yeah. everybody's expecting that to be the next one yeah Gonna have to live in that tiger limelight. Leave Tiger's kid alone. Come on, that's just stupid. That's just stupid. Uh, Bank and I could go pro in Kansas City. 
That's right. We'll tell you in what next. So it appears another professional sport is coming to Kansas City. And when I first saw this, I'm like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, why wouldn't you? It's, it seems like it's, it's taken off here. It's pretty popular. Uh, they've already had a pro event here. And I'm like, oh, this, this makes a lot of sense. So, Binkley, you sent me the story yesterday. It said uh, Kansas City is going to get a professional pickleball team. And I thought, okay, cool. They had that, again, the pro event they had over at, um, over at Elite in uh, Overland Park or Leewood. Um, last summer, that was a really well attended event. They had a professional event. Okay, Jack Sock, I think, played in it as well. Local once tennis product, now professional uh, pickleballer. And uh, this is cooler. So Kansas City is going to join this National Pickleball League as one of six ex- expansion markets for the 2024 season. I thought, cool, we're getting another professional team. And then I read further. Bank, we can play on this team. <laughs> I didn't realize the National Pickleball League is 50 and over. 50 and over, you can do it. You like rackets. 50 sports. and over. You're a tennis we got a, guy. We got a shot. You're we got a, a shot guy. to be pro. Go pro in something other than, you know, whatever. It's age 50 plus nationwide pickleball league, which now will have 12 teams. And then the expansion teams of, of next year. So the Kansas City Stingers. Are the uh, the latest professional team to come to Kansas City? Binkley, you and I are old enough to be able to play in this thing. What do you think? Uh, curling you would my probably be, uh, curling would probably curling? be better for us. You're you're a racket guy. You're a tennis guy. You've always been good at tennis. Well, here's my question though, and I know when pickleball first started, it was like kind of like you know a fad thing for people to go do at bars or whatever. <laughs> is it that much more? I, I don't. It became a bar sport, you know. I've and you're like, wait a minute, yeah, yeah. But is it actually? I mean, the racket's different. It, it just seems like tennis would be more fun. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't play pickleball. Thank you, Bangley. It is. No, it just looks like it's it's more fun. I'm I'm, a, I'm not anti pickleballer, but I'm like, don't take my tennis courts for pickleball. But it's like Person, everywhere. So it's yeah. like what's what's wrong with just tennis? Like <laughs> like seriously, what was wrong with that? Oh. Instead of using a paddle, more running, I guess. I don't know. More running. I I don't I don't. You play pickleball? I've never. I have. I don't. I don't play it a lot. And it's yeah, it's fun. But it's funny because it did. You're right though. It kind of evolved from like. Like the first when the first chicken and pickle opened, yeah. it was associated with being like a bar game. <laughs> you know, so what like I mean? every new bar has right? it now, right? So it's like, well, if you can drink at it, is it really a sport? Right? There's always that question. Like, if you're drinking during it, can you really play? But though the the pros are different. If you watch a professional event, they can they they can really get after it. And there's a lot of also retired uh, tennis players that are playing uh, pickleball. Even the even the uh, the this league, which is 50 plus, has a bunch of you know retired professional. Uh, players at some point in time. I like so. racquetball better than pickleball. Racquetball just died off. It was like in the seventies and eighties. It was yeah. Yeah. big time. Yeah, you used to play it all the time. All the time. Loved racquetball. We can't find racquetball courts. I mean, a few gyms have them, but very rarely. The J still has, I think, but very have, rarely. They have uh, they have uh, some uh, some of that. But I, I've never. You play Nathan? You play pickleball? Not pickleball. I love racquetball though. Thank you. Okay, so you like r- racquetball? Tennis is different. I just. Professional pickle. Who the hell is going to go watch 
Professional pickleball. 50-year-old professional pickleballers? Yeah, I mean, do you go to the bar and drink beer and watch them play pickleball? I suppose you could. There's more and more bars with pickleball courts. They're everywhere. I must say the professional event was was well attended. These were the younger professional events that that happened earlier. And the the level is good. And the professional level is 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 really good. It's a different game than, yeah, the what's what's viewed as either a bar sport or the old people uh getting their exercise in. There's there's an in between there's there's definitely an in between as well. But Kling, I they're think- doing a combine and a draft. <laughs> We're in, Bake. Let's go. <laughs> doing a combine let's, for this. Let's go. So it says, can you not drink while playing golf? Well, you can. Yeah, it's true. You can. You can. Actually, a lot of sports. If you drink, it's better. Remember bags that became like a professional deal where people were doing bags. Oh yeah, like, yeah, during yeah. COVID that became oh, big. And yeah. Didn't we have like a drink bag that team? one too? Yeah. There was professional bag teams. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's professional rodeo. The teams. ESPN's got a the whole yeah network of it's not the Ocho where they're doing stuff like that. So no, it is it is uh, it's taken off. I, I haven't seen anything get this popular this fast in a long time. Because again, when it first started, it was like kind of like oh, it's a fad. Go drink yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah. But then it's like on like. A full-time thing people do. I mean, it's, they love pickleball. Yeah, yeah. How long has it been around? I, I mean, I, I, it's probably been around a long, long time. It's just that it's popular. It, it took off in the last five years. It's like or, bacon. Yeah. I mean, because, like it's always been there. People just started like liking it. You know? Oh yeah. Sometimes there's there's a pivot to it. Yeah, the noise is annoying. I'm with you. I'm with you. The the most annoying thing of the pickleball is that it's annoying. It's annoying. Just when I but saw, they're, it, but they're working on that because they're gonna they're trying to make quieter paddles and quieter balls now, <laughs> they, so that pickleball isn't as annoying to the the people who live next door to a pickleball court. Outside, well, I was watching the news. Outside they said court. it's got a combine and a draft or something. I was like, whoa, what the hell is this it's happening now? It's big thing. Got a professional team. I know, I know. The Kansas City Stingers. Yeah. Parks over at KMZ, big pickleballer. They, is he? they play pickleball. Yeah, plays a lot. Yeah. I, I do a little bit, but I'm still, yeah, I'm still diehard tennis person. So there's the line lines have to be drawn sometimes. Do you have a racket right now? A uh, pickleball yeah. racket? I do not own my own. No, you need to borrow one. Uh-oh. I need to borrow one. I'm just but curious I, about I, it because I mean, where the hell did racquetball go? That yeah. to me, it did a ton die. Of fun. It did die. I, why though? Yeah. It's great. I know. It's a great sport. I always the walls were a problem. Going from tennis to to racquetball was always difficult when I was when I was younger and I belonged to a place that I. I play tennis at, and then they had racquetball courts, and we go in there, and the depth perception always kind of screwed me up because you're going with shorter, yeah, shorter racket, and then walls, and it was always you were always kind of like, it's like the, tennis, the depth it, perception it's, was off. It's hard to find tennis courts now too. It, it, soccer fields you can find them anywhere, like they're all over the place. And yeah, I've always had a problem with the two because football, like think about it, the most popular sport in this country is football. People love watching. I mean, look at the TV ratings: ninety three, the top one hundred people are football, but yet. It's hard to find teams go and rent high school fields or whatever, but it's hard to find football fields and people aren't letting their kids play as much, even though it's the most popular sport in the mm-hmm. country with the expansion of the playoffs and college football, what the NFL has become. But people like to watch it, just not play it, I guess. I don't understand it. It needs to be more football. From the fields. A16, Bink watches college football games from D4 leagues in Bulgaria, but thinks no one would want to watch pro oldies playing pickleball. Come on, man. <laughs> Build some more football fields in this I game. love when people complain about pickleball. If you listen to a tennis game, it's not silent. Well, the tennis grunters are, are terrible. They're terrible people. I, I'm 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 a tennis guy. You're 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 a tennis grunter. You've never terrible. The professionals that grunt all the time, stupid. You're not exerting that much. You have to grunt every time you hit it. So if it's a if it's a grunter, and I, I'm also of the camp that 
those should be sports with more noise. Really? T- tennis and golf. And you can throw in pickleball and whatever. Tennis golf? and golf, there should be more noise. I'm not saying to the level of, of accosting uh, Tiger's kid, but they should be able to play under noise. It's too quiet. Well, it's, it's going to be pretty loud in Rory and Tiger's uh, indoor golf thing. Yeah, you? that kind of stuff where, where crowds are in, encouraged and encouraged to make noise. And you know what? It's up to you guys to, to figure out how to how to uh, overcome it. Like the no waste one, management? No one gets quiet during a free throw. No. no one gets quiet on a on a on a on a third down in a visiting stadium. That I've always been in the camp of like those should be those should be sports that have more noise. Tennis should have more noise. The 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 ten, the professional tennis player that, that grunts and gets annoyed when when somebody in the crowd you know yells something or are the worst. Just focus in and play. Silly. So. Kind of like one big waste management open the sixteenth. Correct. Correct. Have it. Well, lip golf and then that one, music and stuff before though they like they and, start doing that and that one's become a problem why because it's the only one so it is become a drug tank you know what i mean yeah. like if you did more of them it wouldn't be wouldn't, but have them over have to overcome some uh some uh adverse situations um i'd say it's the chargers are the favorite to be the the opener for the chiefs on the uh the thursday night opening game I get the appeal, the defending champs against the preseason champs, and uh, Harbaugh. Also, and, and Harbaugh coming back. Herbert. And yeah, it was I, the first Amazon game. I get it. The first Thursday Amazon game mm-hmm. was Chief Chargers. I mean, there's a lure. So, so I get that it's going to be the case. Um, I think you and I are in agreement on this one, but though I, I'm leaning towards Houston. I think Houston is the opener. Houston feels the most to me like last year's Lions. The the team that's accomplished a little bit and they're kind of on the rise and well, let's we'll see if they can stand tall against the defending champs. I feel like it's going to be Houston. What about you? Well, I, I do too. I think it's going to be because C.J. Stroud, you'd say, oh, this team won a playoff game last year. They're up and coming. C.J. Stroud, how's he match up against Patrick Mahomes? The Chargers thing is interesting, and I think there is an appeal to that because people love that on primetime. Like I said, the first Amazon game ever was uh, was Chiefs and Chargers. But C.J. Stroud, it does smell a lot like Lions because Lions kind of came out of left field. Remember, everybody's talking Buffalo or Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I prefer Cincinnati. I don't think it's going to happen, though. I'd prefer that because I want, that- I want to see a healthy Cincinnati and Burrow, and I love the rivalry because there would be smack talk. Starting with Jamar Chase, so that your, your number one, your number one would be Cincinnati. Cincinnati, but I don't think it's going to be. It. Okay. I think it's going to be Houston. Now, and I'd you, be okay with that, but I just think that's okay. You say be. you want a healthy and whatever. Why, why don't you just wait for that one later in the year then, when it when there's more on the line? Because it could end up happening like last year, and it didn't matter when the Chiefs played the Bengals. It was afterthought. Burrow didn't play. I mean, it dampered the rivalry a little bit until Jamar Chase started talking. But just think about this: when May, when they put the game out. The Bengals start chirping immediately. I mean, there would be a lot of build. That'd be three months of smack talk. It'd be fun. That game. Yeah, okay. It would be for for a fun angle. Andy, give. We all know how good Andy reads off a of bye. And I know they lost the Lions game after having the whole summer to prepare for him. But it was Kadarius Tony handing the ball to Brian Branch basically for the pick six. That was the difference in that game. And Jones and no Kelsey Jones and no Kelsey. Yeah, didn't play in that game, so it <laughs> did make a difference. Yeah. But you give them, I look at Cincinnati, okay, you give them the whole summer to prepare for the Cincinnati Bengals. You play that game. But I do think it's going to be C.J. Stroud and how the, the sellability of Stroud versus Mahomes. I guarantee yeah. you. Yeah, I think it, it's got too much appeal for me. I like Cincinnati and Buffalo kind of where they are, too. You've kind of positioned those games. 
uh, seemingly now a little bit later in the year, knowing that you were usually knowing that those are some of the top teams standing in the AFC. So and the, Buffalo's there this the year. The Chiefs at Buffalo game, I think, will probably be a little bit later. Um, and I think Cincinnati has been has been often late here in this recent kind of run of things. And I I would guess it would stay in the in the later the later aspects of it as well. Like none of the other ones make if you want to play a division game. And I know they kind of shy away from that. But you, as you mentioned, they have precedence been there for that first Thursday night Amazon one, whatever the one year. Um, so the, the Chargers do make sense. Um, I don't know that you I don't know that you rematch Baltimore right away either. Like, do you have the AFC Championship game as the first game of the year? Eh. I think I, th- I think those are those are stockpiled. One one of the three, Baltimore, Cincinnati, or Buffalo, will be a little bit in the in the first half, but towards the tail end of the first half, and then the other two will be in the midst of the uh, the second half of the. Because they know the what you're going to have with Baltimore. It's going to be a great game, but they have Houston, and who knows? Are they going to they going to parlay what happened last year and be good this year? Well, I don't know. We've seen teams fall apart mm-hmm. all the time after one good year, and then they slip to oblivion. But they have them first game, healthy Stroud, hopefully, going against Mahomes. It'd be the game that they could sell. Up-and-coming team, wins a playoff game, a lot like the Lions. And then the uh, the uh, the NFC games are no good. New Orleans and Tampa Bay, no. no. Um, Denver, Las Vegas, I would say probably no. Um, Baltimore, again, I just don't think they're probably going to do the AFC Championship game. So I think I think Houston's, Houston's too, too juicy with potential storylines and you see if they get off to a fast start and they are, they are uh, this year's line, this year's lions next year where they got the win in the opening game. And then they did parlay that into a playoff appearance and they did uh, have a longer road. And it just feels like that one, that one to me seems like a no brainer. We'll see though. I've been wrong before as to who's going to Germany. Well, the networks will fight over it. <laughs> and then the chiefs play more away games this year. The Carolina one will still be something to keep an eye on. Carolina plays a Germany game this year or next year. Uh, I think they would have to, the Chiefs would have to agree to do it, but Germany's their marketing territory. They may say, yeah, we'll go play another game over there and go play Carolina over in Germany, possibly, maybe. Um, but maybe Carolina wants uh, the Chiefs to be a home game for them. Hopefully too, it's less right? rest for the Chiefs. They don't have six straight games with less rest <laughs> than their opponent. I think. As as much as you can do about that, the Chiefs will do because I think that they have, they have, whether or not formally filed a complaint or let their grievance be known to the NFL in this regard, that they won't do that to them again. No, you know what I mean. They're not o- usually overt about this is what we're against. We're going to send tape and blah blah blah. But I think that they've let it be known to the league that like, yeah, we did this this year, but you really kind of handcuffed us on the rest thing and this. We can't. You can't be doing this. Like to Buffalo, us again. they should have beat Buffalo. Had the bye week before because they didn't take their bye after going to England. And they usually teams usually take that. They had a choice and they took it later, right before the Chiefs game. Buffalo gets it. How about that? I mean, people think about the conspiracies and all that. They get that bye week right before they play the Chiefs. And as I said, Chiefs postseason. They beat the number one, the three, and the four scoring defenses. Everybody talks about the defense going against the number two, three, four, and six scoring offense. How about the offense against the one, three, and four scoring defense? Wait, excuse me? Yeah. Can you say that again, Bank? Louder Chiefs for the beat back? the one, three, and four scoring defense huh. in the playoffs. Huh. And the only reason they didn't beat number two is because it was them. Huh. With no offense. They beat the one, three, and four scoring defense. Huh. They beat the number two, three, four, and six scoring offense. Interesting. Interesting. Huh. 
So the offense was just as impressive as the yeah. defense when you think about who they played against and the teams they played against with uh, what they did. Yeah, I like to laud some of the positives of this offense, and I think we, we probably should, you know, like like moving forward. I know that everyone's like, oh, man, it just wasn't what it was. If you take out the drops and you can't, there's a lot of offensive butts in this one too. If you take out the drops and you can't, and you take out the uh, the early penalties and you can't, uh, this, is this, this is probably running in the same general vicinity of all their offenses. And you had a uh, uh, darn near two 1,000-yard receivers and a 1,000-yard rusher. All just missed that just missed that number based on not playing uh, maybe week 18. Baltimore was the number one scoring defense. San Francisco, the number three scoring defense. Buffalo, the number four scoring defense. Which I think is the most important defensive stat. Yep. How many points do you give up with your defense? Yep. And the Chiefs beat one, two, and four. One, three, one, and four. Or one, three, two and four. Two them. Two was them. <laughs> one, three, and four along the way. There, there are they're okay at uh, tailing their two, offense. Two, three, four, and six uh, offenses that averaged uh, a combined 113 points, held them with 63 to play in their to play in their uh, their skill set. So, I mean, as much as we lamented the wide receivers and we believe that the wide receivers need to get better, I also I think it's okay emphasizing as well. But they did do some things. Like Kelsey was almost there again. You had the emergence of Rashi Rice. You take out some of the mistakes, and they're right there. They're not. They're also as far away as you may feel like they are. They're also not very far away. This like you cool. add, you add one more legitimate wide receiver, and you're golden. And then you can, if you revamp that entire room, we expect well the uh, four, five, and six guys maybe can be better than they were a, a, a season ago. Not the same names, but if you upgraded along the way, and you have a chance to be right back to where you thought. They should be numbers wise, and they weren't that. And they weren't that bad, even with the mistakes. I just think you have to look at it. I mean, you watch that I rarely agree with. Same best postseason run, and I was like, man, when you think about those numbers, that hey, I just you gave earned you, it. You earned that, it, and doing it on the road. Yeah, I mean, that's I, there's not much more and more impressive than beating one, three, and four scoring defense if you're number two. <laughs> Honestly, and they scored 95 points against that group. Uh, Binks, our resident draft guy, right? So all of his draft thoughts today, we did pretty much a topic an hour during the show today. If you missed any of it, 610sports.com or the uh, the Odyssey app. So thanks for sitting in today, Jay. Thanks, Clint. Good. Happy, birth- or, uh, happy birthday. Happy belated birthday to, to Nathan there and happy weekend to you guys. And happy birthday to you. Thank you. It's close, right? It's close. When is it? March 4th. March 4th. Okay, we're around the corner. Are we getting drink tickets again? Yeah, <laughs> you want a ticket? Yeah, I want a ticket. Man, that was trash. <laughs> Bigley had a really good birthday last year. So we'll see what, what March has in store. Uh, but if you missed any of the show today, 610sports.com or the Odyssey app, Fesco will be back with me on uh, Monday. We have Royals baseball this afternoon at 2. Cody and Gold will take you up to baseball today. They're next on 610 Sports Radio.